I wanted to hold off on this until we got confirmation with the family. If if you were on Twitter or you've been, um, you know, texting some other people, it's been out there for about an hour. But because of how close we all are with the man and with the family, we did not want to rush to go with this. We wanted to make sure that everybody was okay with going with this. Um, because it's been a very, very private matter in which what's gone on for almost a year now here at ESPN 1000 with our friend Jeff Dickerson. Um, today, Jeff Dickerson passed away of colon cancer, of complications of colon cancer. He's been in hospice for the last handful of days. He was 44 years old. You're you're talking to two guys who are sitting in the first Midwest Bank studio right now who are both cancer survivors. And we know when we say F cancer, how much we mean it. And for J.D. to have to fight what he had to fight for the last year after he lost his wife, Caitlin, to cancer a few years ago. February of 29 or February of 19. And then to have to hear like a little less than a year ago. When J.D. was was talking to me after the football season last year, and he said, Sylvia, I've been dealing with something. I, you know, I got some stomach issues. I, I'm not sure what I'm what I'm in. We didn't think anything of it. Right. And then when he tells us that I have cancer, like, how could that be? Mm-hmm. How, how could that be somebody who has been dealt such a crap hand? With what he just went through with his wife, how strong he was with his wife, Caitlin, where the peaks in the valleys that she went through, he was there as the caregiver. And those who know uh, the importance of a caregiver, you know firsthand, yeah, yep. you, you not only, Fred, and you can shed light on this, are a survivor. You lost your wife. Yep. From and and. JD was doing it for seven or eight years because Caitlin's was Caitlin's dragged on. It got better. It got worse. It got better. It got worse. My wife had cancer in 2014, went into remission. I got sick. I got better before my first two month checkup. My wife's came back and she passed away in October of 2019. So last year or in 2020, JD and I both did the the Jimmy V show because we both had wives who had passed away from cancer. And we were both able to sit and talk about it. And I was able to talk about mine. Little did we know at that point that J.D. would end up with with cancer himself. And and pass away. And those who have listened to the radio station are in shock today. Those who are finding out on Twitter are in shock today. And the reason is, is because Jeff Dickerson is the strongest person I know. People say that and they throw that around about people all the time. I can tell you firsthand, knowing J.D. is a guy who I've worked with for 20 years, who I was at his wedding. He was at my wedding. I was he was at I have a picture with him and Harry and Adam Delvitt. He was at my 30th birthday party. I'm over 50 now. And. Everyone is in such shock today because you heard him on the radio while he was going through the fight. And everyone chooses the way they want to tackle and the way they want to fight. And his thought process was he wanted to keep it private. He wanted to keep that on the back burner and he wanted to live and he wanted to 
be a dad to Parker, and he wanted to cover the Bears like he's always covered the Bears. And he didn't want sympathy. He was the most optimistic man I have ever met in my life. And and I, I'm going to tell you stories about what he said to us in recent days when we knew it wasn't going to 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 end well and that we would be talking about this. But there was J.D. talking about persevering, talking about dealing with the circumstances and never woe is me. And um, it, and it's why it's such a surprise. He was with us at Benny's in November, right before Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. He he gave my son his pass um, at the Tampa airport after my son got to see his first Bears road game, and he handed it to him. And I we printed the picture. My son wrote a note to JD when he was in hospice, and JD loved it. And JD looked so good, so alive in that picture. But he was fighting, and in just he wouldn't want you to know. He just wanted to live. Yeah. And and it, it, it's something that I didn't think I would ever do, I would ever say, let alone have to say it on the radio, um, is that that we have lost Jeff Dickerson, the age of 44. And, and we'd like to talk about it. I don't know how the hell we're going to get through it. I don't know what I'm going to say or what Fred's going to say or what... You want to say, and we'll hear from some of our teammates, but we'll we'll try and get through this together. It's Waddle and Sylvie. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Follow us on the gram at Waddle and Sylvie and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You know, we try and get things through this stuff together. If yeah. you're just tuning in, uh, the news today we've known was was going to be coming soon. Our friend Jeff Dickerson has been in hospice about the last handful of days. Waddle, Carmen, Danny Zetterman, and me went to go visit him on Christmas Eve day. And today, J.D. has passed away of colon cancer, complications colon cancer uh, and it was going well early he he has fought this in private and he continued to work and he continued to be a champ he continued to travel he continued to be jeff dickerson and the story that i want to share and waddle's going to hop on with us is that we went to see him in hospice and people obviously when you go visit someone in hospice you know right it, it, it's it's not a good situation and people had said look he's this or he's that. And when I walked in, I was so impressed again by the man that I saw because the first thing that he said to us is he put us at ease. He says, come on over here, guys. Give me hugs. And he wanted a hug with all of us as we walked in and when we walked out. And he had just found out either that day or maybe the night before that he was fighting for December 28th to go back to the doctors for chemo, for his next round of chemo. That's and, today, right? And yeah, he, 28th. And today was the day he was yeah. shooting for. Yeah. And, and he, even though things had declined in the last month, the JD put it in his mind that the chemo would help him. The chemo would make him better. 
and it would continue to make him better. And all he needed to do was get to December 28th so he could get another round of chemo so he can continue to get better. And we had just, he had just found this out and he wanted to tell us about this. And he put us at ease. And he says, guys, I should tell you this. He says, they told me that I cannot go for my chemo on December 28th. They told me it's going to kill me. And he paused and he looked at all of us and he says, what are we supposed to do? We persevere. And he said, that's what we're going to do. We're going to persevere. And he said, I could do this for the next several months Uh and, and, and keep going if I wanted to. And that's what his mind was. He was all, he never said one time to Waddle or me or anyone that I know that, man, have I gotten a crappy set of cards. How could this happen to me after what happened to Caitlin? How is this not working now after all that I've gone on the radio talking about Jimmy V? How is this happening to me? Even that day as he laid in the bed and he, he was still getting up when we saw him on was Friday. He? Yeah, he still he was still able to we we had to help him, but he was still able to get up and go to the bathroom and go to the couch okay. and sit up. And, and you know, the last few days have not been good. Right. And, and we knew that, you know, it was a matter of time. But a while as as you join us now and like this is something again that. You and I have been through everything. We have been through engagements. We have been through weddings. We have been through um, birth of of children. And never in our wildest imagination did we think that we would be on the radio talking about a teammate of ours dying at the age of 44. But that's what happened with J.D. today. And I hope your thought is sort of the way I'm thinking about to the end. JD was fighting and JD wasn't complaining. Yeah, this is hard. Uh, I mean, I think first and foremost, having you and Fred there is really important because of the fight that you both have had to go through. Sylvie recently and Fred, with what you had to go through in the loss of your wife, Pat. I think it's important to have someone or two people on the air that can kind of talk about it and navigate it. Um, it's hard. We all knew this was going to ultimately happen. But, I mean, he's family. Yep. Um, it's just, I do remember everything that I remember from J.D. was grace, dignity, strength. Uh, never pitied himself. As you said, Sylvie, he was, you know, the moment we got to share with him on, on Christmas Eve day, I'll will always be special with me. Uh, as sad as I am right now, I am so very blessed and thankful that we had an opportunity to spend that time with him and his family. Um, you know, a Twitter post or even a conversation on the air will never do justice to the person that Jeff was, um, what he had to go through. Losing his wife, being a single father, then having to do this on his own. My thoughts are with his parents and obviously with Parker, his son. It's just, he was a great person. He was a great teammate. Um, and it's just, it's it's hard. And even though we knew that this was ultimately going to be a day we were all going to have to experience, it doesn't make it any easier. 
He was a role model, too, Waddle. I mean, the way, do you know of anyone who can carry themselves through adversity? And, and, and we throw it around. We throw the adjectives around. We throw around um, a this guy is strong. It's I, like I feel guilty when people say to me, Sylvie's strong or uh, you're strong. Like, I, I'm not. I mean, I dealt with what I had to deal with and what J.D. has had to deal with. And with his wife and, and, and with his fight and, and down to the end swinging and saying, I'm, I'm still fighting and I'm still here and I'm going to lay in this bed as you guys are with me on the eve of Christmas and I'm still going to make jokes with you guys here. We're still going to remember some of the good times and that's, that's, and, and I'm so glad that I was fortunate to see JD in that state with the mind still sharp. And, and and fighting to the bitter end. I think it, the, the best story I can really tell you is a recent one that kind of highlights who he was and the character that he had. Uh, recently, they had at ESPN, and, and, and J.D. obviously was a part of it, um, had an event at the Lincolnshire Marriott to honor Vaughn McClure, who tragically lost his life earlier this year. And Vaughn was a part of the team at ESPN, and... Vaughn was a great guy and was it was, you know, obviously, you know, everyone loved Vaughn. And so they were putting together, you know, there's a there's a scholarship for, and there's a foundation, the Vaughn McClure Foundation, that does wonderful things. And J.D. was the MC of the event. Despite all of the stuff that J.D. was personally going through, he drew on his own strength to actually be the host and the MC of an event to honor one of his colleagues that he had the utmost respect and love for. And it's just just another example of, of the selflessness of, of, of Jeff Dickerson, that he was going through this horrible moment and experience of his own, but yet he was still willing to give his time, his effort, his energy to honor the, the legacy of one of his teammates and you know it was it was touching it was it was it was who he was and you know it's i mean we could sit here and talk for days and still not do justice to the person that jd was and the the teammate he was and the father that he was and the husband that he was and it's just the friend i mean i love him you know uh tommy the thing that i thought about right away was i was thinking about you and all the times that you have said and had invited J.D. over to the house for a scotch. For and the I, Wine Wednesday. Yeah, and I just thought about that the other day uh, when I knew that J.D. wasn't doing well. And I knew that the, those were, this is the hardest thing to do right now. But you've got to look at and remember all of those times. Yeah. I mean, Every he, single time you poured another one for J.D. <laughs> and you guys are sitting there laughing and complaining about, you know, how you got in this position watching bears football <laughs> couldn't you be given you know couldn't That's have been tampa or somewhere else and you got to remember each and every one of those wonderful times because there were a lot with jd for everybody i asked for yeah. jd um during the ncaa tournament or right before to talk about loyola and at the time i had no idea that jd was dealing with with cancer and i got a phone i got a text from danny zetterman at the time he says do you know what's going on with jd and i said no and he let me know he goes but JD's fine. I go. He sounds great, and he always did. And the last time I had him on a Bears post game show was probably a, a month ago, and talking about a Bears game. And well, you know, it, it's amazing 
what he went through and how strong he was till till the end. He yeah. was on with us, Waddle, before the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, uh, that was yesterday, right? The Monday night Pittsburgh game. It feels like yesterday. Yeah, he was in, you know, talking to us about that game. It's the way he was able to to just keep going. He, he just one of a kind. Yeah, um, that's why these these moments we joke about the the Super Bowl party or the the fantasy football convention or whatever it is that brings us all together. And you know, it, it's it's pure joy to share life moments with your friends and that's what everyone at espn 1000 is has been and and you're right freddie when he would come over he'd bring parker over and parker'd get the pool and you know would be bothering jd and they'd laugh and then we'd get out and he would would pitch him batting practice and we'd be doing it for hours and he loved that little boy with everything he had and i think it's important that we pick up where he left off and Take care of him as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you're just tuning in, um, Jeff Dickerson has, has passed away at the age of 44. He has been fighting cancer for uh, uh, just about a year, and he's been doing it triumphantly and privately. And uh, we lost him, and we lost a great one today. And and we want to share some stories with you and go down this road where wherever we go down. Because what well, Waddle says... You know, we've we've said it in good times many, many times at this radio station that we all get along, that we are all family. Yep. And and how many times I looked in that producer's booth and whether there was a big story, Fred, you racked my brain. Get JD on the phone. Yeah. Those words I've probably uttered more than any <laughs> sure. short phrase of my radio career is get JD on the phone. This just happened with Lovey. This just happened with Cutler. This just happened with B. Marsh. This just happened with our Bears. Yep. And uh, we're talking about it uh, on Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie. Podcasts are ready on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Everybody hurts sometimes. We're talking about uh, our friend, our forever friend, Jeff Dickerson. We lost J.D. today at the age of 44. You you never think you're going to go on the radio and you're going to talk about stuff like this. He smacked the crap out of the three of us. I know. We didn't collect ourselves and do our jobs because that's that's who he was. That's the guy he was, yeah. Oh, God. Um, there, Like a couple of, of moments that I have, like I, I keep reading some of the tweets and reading some of the what, what the professional writers are, are writing about and, and what some of our fans are writing about. And it is just such a testament that it, it's such a surprise to our listeners, to our fans about what they're hearing about J.D. because of the way he carried himself. Yep. Because he didn't, he, you never would have known it. He was a pro's pro always, and um, and what he was fighting, and and he never, you never ever would have known the way he would he would brag to me, Sylvia. I'm back on the treadmill. Sylvia can have wine while I'm I'm having treatment, um, and and I have never seen somebody deliver a speech of any kind anywhere. The way that JD stood up in front of the room when when we were at Caitlin's funeral, yeah. 
And what he had been through, like Fred mentioned, the ups and the downs waddle. Yeah. If, if, if you remember the story of, of Caitlin, I believe oh, yeah. she was first diagnosed with skin cancer on her finger. I think, she, if I'm not mistaken, and again, my brain isn't working very well right now, I think she fought that for seven and a half years, yeah. something uh-huh. to that effect. And, like, she even rallied in hospice. He told the story like only yeah. Caitlin could. He was telling the story and laughing about it, stood up, and and and, and the strongest man I've... Then, like, it was already clinched in my book that Jeff Dickerson was the strongest person that I had ever met in my life. For the way he handled the entire thing with grace and with dignity and to lose your best friend, your wife, um, the way he he did and the way he he would battle it with courage. And I always felt guilty. It always pained me because when I was going around and I was having conversations with people when I was diagnosed in, in, in April of 2020, I didn't know I didn't know. I didn't know if I could even tell him because of what he went through with Caitlin. I didn't know because I didn't want to make him upset. I didn't want to have him think about a road or something that he had previously gone down and stir up memories because of me. And he said to me, he said, you don't understand this, Sylvie. He says, this is an army. He says, you have an army behind you, and I know what that army is because I've been a part of the army, and I'm a part of your army. After everything that he went through and how he could talk to me like that, and then he's got to hear that he is diagnosed with cancer. It's not fair. That's the one thing, though, and you realize it, too, after you had cancer, and I had cancer, and I lost my wife. That word doesn't belong when it where unfortunately there's nothing fair it, there's absolutely nothing fair right. it doesn't play favorites um every anybody and everybody um has to unfortunately be concerned about that and um you can't look for reasoning because there's no there's no good reason and I, and i think that freddie like and again you guys are great resources for for this particular struggle but I think that that was his resolve. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't realize, I knew he was, you know, things weren't great, but I talked to him two Thursdays ago on, on, just on the phone. And then I, I, I came to the, you know, I knew that things were, had, you know, had, had gone south pretty quick and, and pretty seriously. And like typical JD, I would ask him in five minutes into, you know, discussing, not even five minutes into discussing, you know, how he was doing and how things were. His, he changed the subject and wanted to know how my daughters were mm-hmm. and how everyone, where, where was everyone going to be in town for Christmas? And I mean, it just, that's, 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 that's who he was. Right. Yeah. You know, he didn't want you to pity him because he didn't pity himself. He didn't ask those questions, Freddie. You know, why no. is this happening to me? No. You know, he attacked it, you know, from a position of strength and dignity and never feeling that, you know, he'd got the short end of the stick. And I mean, like you said, Sylvie, I, I consider the two of you guys two of the toughest guys I know. JD's at the top of the list. You know, he's yeah. he's he's. He, he did this with with such strength and dignity and 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 
you know, class and, and whatever definition or word you can use to describe it. Well, no, I can't tell you how meaningful it was to me to be able to see him. And I've, I, I've told some of the story about seeing him in hospice because you don't know you that word is always conditioned. You don't know what you're walking into. Yeah. Hospice and and to see him in the state that he was. He was still sharp. Yeah. He was still him. He still knew us. He still joked. He still laughed. He still wanted he to up. know. He, he still, got up. He appreciated yeah. the picture that I printed up of Mason and Mason's note. And we laughed about that. And we let like and all of that stuff like to like you don't like I am so thankful for that last time that yeah. that was the state that I was able to see him in that he, that he, he was there. Yeah, he that it. You know, the only other experience, and Waddle, you mentioned this too, that you we've been fortunate because we haven't been in a lot of experiences like this. Um, like, I, my dad was in hospice for 24 hours three years ago. And I thought this was going to be like a week, a 10 days. I'd be going to hospice every single day. We got there and uh, I said goodbye, thinking that I was going to see him in the morning at 1030 at night. It'd been a long day. We all went to get some rest, and it, I, the phone was ringing at 5.30 in the morning that he had passed away. Yeah. And you never know what condition you're going to see someone, but I am so thankful yeah. that we as a team, Waddle, that the all four of us, Carmen, I mean, Carmen, what, what he, Carmen stood up for me in my wedding. Danny Zetterman, who went with us, stood up with me in my wedding. You're my big brother, Waddle. You know, J.D. is one of my heroes. J.D., um, is a role model. He's a hero. He's a friend. He's a teammate. He checks all the boxes. And for the four of us to be together, and and they said only three of you at a time, uh-huh. but you know it that we were going to sneak Waddle through that damn back door, <laughs> and the four of us were going to be in that room together, and we were going to reminisce, and we were going to talk about the stories, and we were going to. I was going to rack JD's brain. JD, what were you? Were you producing the show with Finfer here for yeah. Mac Yurko and Ari? No, I was producing the show with Delavit. That's how it started here, uh-huh. and the and and the the experiences I had with Harry, and the experiences. I had before I was even covering the Bears. It was so meaningful to me, and and it just sums up that guy in 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 a nutshell on, on the man that he is, and the the fighter that he is, and the hero that he'll always be to me and my family. I think it's also um, you know when we were there, and yes, I was the rule breaker, making it four. It was only supposed big surprise. To be three. Um, you know, while we were there, I think he was getting texts from some of the former Bears that he covered. Uh, Robbie Gold called him when we were there mm-hmm. uh, very infrequently. It takes you back to a time where where journalists were friends with the athletes. They traveled together. If you hear some of the baseball stories and some of the other things, it's become such a, an environment now where there's a, a lot of distance between those that cover the team and the athletes. I can't imagine, like, you know, he would, he would bust Cutler's chops or, or to us, and, you know, he had a few, you know, negative things every now and again to say about, about Foxy in, in the last <laughs> couple of years. And we would laugh about it, and we'd have, you know, drinks over it and, and giggle. And, but, like, everyone that he covered and everyone that came in contact with him, the players, you know, uh, people he worked with, you know, th- there was always a friendship there and a respect, you know. It's hard to have those relationships now in this these, this day and age because teams try to control the narrative and they don't let you get close to the players. And obviously, with what's going on with the pandemic, I get that. But this has been going on for quite some time. But the the relationship that JD 
the relationships he was able to build with with Bears players and players across the league, and it just spoke to the character um, that he possessed and the trust that that people had in him that he was going to report the stories, you know, honestly and and and, and truthfully, and wasn't going to take any liberties with anything. And it's just it, it it makes in a very difficult time. It warms my heart to see the outpouring of emotion. For him and his family, because he deserves it. He deserves it. And and um, you said it best, Waddle, because in a business where there is a lot of dirty business, where there's a lot of rumor mongering, there's a lot of drama talk, there's a lot of gossip, that it didn't matter if you were a player, it didn't matter if you were a co- on the coaching staff, it didn't matter if you worked down the dial, it didn't matter if you were a TV guy, it didn't matter if you were a newspaper guy, it didn't matter if you were just starting out with a blog, that if you came across JD, JD was going to teach, uh, treat you with respect. Yep. And that JD was, you will, you can go wherever. I challenge anybody anywhere to go any place to hear Something said poorly about JD because you will not find it, and in this business, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's rare. Um, we'll continue our conversation about our friend um, Jeff Dickerson. Chicago's home for sports is on Twitch. Follow ESPN One Thousand Chicago today. You're listening to Waddle and Sill on ESPN One Thousand Chicago's home for sports. For sports. I'm not going to sign off at uh, 6. I'm going to continue the conversation about our friend J.D. This news that uh, just broke this afternoon. He courageously fought and he fought and he fought. And he did it behind the scenes. He did it privately. He didn't want it to interfere with what he does and him as a parent. And I'm sure J.D. didn't want the sympathy. Well, see, and you and I both dealt with cancer. And we both did it differently. Um, there's no right or wrong way there to do is it. None. And you do whatever works. Um, you know, I didn't have any kids at the time. Still don't have any kids. Um, but you know, I decided to just put it out there and you did the same thing. And, um, you know, Jeff wanted it, you know, wanted to take care of it himself. And like you said, um, he just, he was so strong. You didn't know when you talked to him, when you had him on, you just, you would swear, Things must be going well. He sounds great. And um, that's what I was thinking just weeks ago until I found out about, you know, last week that things were not going all that well. Do you know what else I want to tell everybody, too, is, and you probably all know this, he was so damn good at his job. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, I mean, not just you, J- J.D. was not just a reporter and a talented writer, but he did a lot of work for ABC7 and everyone there, Dion and, and, and Marky and everybody loved him like a brother, and Jim Rose and everyone in part of the, the sports office. Larry Snyder, everybody up there, Mike Johnson, they all loved him because he was good at his job. And when he would get the opportunity to do national radio shows and national hits on on television, he was damn good at his job. So not only is, you know, we're going to miss a friend and a teammate and someone we love dearly, we're going to miss a colleague that was an outstanding talent as well. And hope everybody recognizes that as also so uh we'll stay on uh late to talk about jd we're we're gonna get through 
I don't know if we'll ever get through it. I I certainly won't get, ever get over it. Um, and, and, you don't. And, 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 and we'll never stop thinking about Parker. And, and, and we all have to pledge that, you know, I had a conversation with a few other people in the business that we have to be there for Parker, um, who, who lost his mom and, and his dad. And that we, that, that we're family here on the radio and that we will always be family to him. And, um, and, and it's the least we can do for JD. Uh, JD enjoyed telling us Parker stories every time oh, he was no doubt, on. Freddie. Sending Parker videos of his yep. slammers, yeah. his, um, his baseball club. And my, my son's just started private lessons at yeah. slammers. And he would send me from cage number six, <laughs> these video, even like this was yeah. like a month ago. This yeah. was like six weeks ago of, of, JD there filming hit Parker just hitting dingers. Yeah. He would enjoy he would enjoy telling us how, you know, the internet went out. According to Parker, the world's ended. And he would tell us all those stories. We cannot let him get away with a hit without telling us the latest Parker story. But JD was a great coach too, obviously. I know there's God gift, you know, the, the talent is a is a God gift God given, you know, thing from a, a you know, an overall perspective, but like at the age of ten, Parker's in my backyard hitting dingers right handed and left handed. I know. Uh-huh. Switch like, hitting. Switch hitting. And yeah. you know, and, and and I would say, J D boy, I mean he's like, Oh no, he does this all on his own. But I know that, that Jeff would he would spend hours pitching to him. Spend hours out in the driveway or out in the, the cul de sac playing basketball with Parker just when, you know, everyone thought they were tired and and you couldn't shoot another free throw. Parker would stay out there for another twenty, and, and JD would be there with him. Um, just you know, so proud of who he was. And that may sound conceited or arrogant to say I'm proud of a cop, but I'm proud of who JD yes. was. I mean, he he gave that little boy every bit of himself, um, and he asked us to help look after him, mm-hmm. and, and I know we will. He looked at us and he said that, and and we will. Do exactly that. Eric, if we can uh, give Carmen a call, let's get Carmen on here at 6. And if you want to talk with us, 312-332-3776, because you all knew J.D. Yeah. Doing radio here for over 20 years. And like Waddle said, he was great at his job and always with a sense of calm and always, uh, you know, whether I was so high over Justin Fields, he would say, <laughs> settle down, simmer down there. and uh, Or if Cap was like... Uh, Really, really down. He'd go, okay, it's not that bad with Foxy and or whatever. And um, he was just great and is great. And and we'll take your calls. Uh, James on the south side wanted to weigh in with us. James, we're just kind of opening up the phone lines here and getting through this together. Yeah, man. Um, man, I just, man, Fred, Sylvie, Waddle, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I just don't even understand how we can be this freaking connected to each other and y'all just 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 show me how human you guys are man you know said you guys i sit in my car for hours listening to you guys and this hurts like i know you guys not i've never pissed in waddle's backyard i've never you know <laughs> you know i've never done that and i'm you know i probably in my life would never do that i've seen him play football games but this is some serious this I love you guys to death, man. And I would put every ounce of my dollar and say that if we don't put together, all of us put together a foundation for this young man, 
man, it, it would be a, it would be a sad day. I love y'all, man, and and y'all just showed me how human y'all. Are. I'm 44 years old. <laughs> you understand? And my ex-wife just lost her cousin to colon cancer yesterday, and I've been having the hardest time finding a way to grieve because I have a new wife and she doesn't get along with my wife. So it's like, I got shit. I'm going, I'm right. sorry. I got stuff <laughs> I'm going on within my life. And I'm like, and then this happens and I'm like, well, this dude is the same age as I am. I didn't listen to JD all the time. And then why do you can't get on the radio like that, man? I, I love you to death, man. My God, you, you put the hammer down on that one. You, the, the foot went down on that one. Well, Planet like double. I said, J.D. would smack the crap out of me if I didn't collect myself. Yeah, so. yeah. James, thank you. Like, it, we it, appreciate it, James. Like, that's where it, it just hits you. you, where it's just, it doesn't matter the background that we've all come from or, yeah. uh, you know, that we're all together now. That the, To hear what J.D. means to James sitting in his car, yeah. you know, right now, whether you're a U of I guy and J.D. loved his... His U of I, he went to bowl games when they were good under Ron Turner. You know, or he, he adopted uh, Loyola as his team, Fred, as, sure as you mentioned, and did play-by-play yep. for them uh, for so many years and would do national radio shows and started. He's the essence of what uh, this business is all about, uh, starting at the rock bottom, starting at, as a producer and going for things, being a gopher. Hey, you worked for Harry, you, wor- you went for stuff, you know, and, he, and, and, and J.D. did that. Yeah. And J.D. worked up from a producer. Um, I think Mac brought him over here from the score, and, yeah. and he came over here and, and then just continued to work up and doing TV waddle, as you mentioned. Yeah. And all of that. He did so many. Yeah, he was so talented and so versatile. I remember when I was still going to ESPN in Bristol, he and Hoodie would be doing yes. uh, either they would be doing the show together or maybe one would have the night off. And, and I would join them pretty regularly from my hotel room on Saturday nights. Um, and they were hosting a national radio show and, and, and killing it as they always did. And it was always, you know, they'd be like, hey, I hate to ask. It was like, guys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting in a hotel room right now in Bristol, Connecticut. Like, I don't have anything else to do. And if I did, I would still join you guys. And and those are some of the my favorite conversations with JD. Just talking football, and it wasn't always Bears football because when JD right. would branch out and do the national show, we could spray to all fields. And it was. Um, no, it was, it was stuff that uh, we'll certainly cherish for sure. Yep. There's a there's an article that if you if you knew JD, if you listened to JD, that you should that they've been putting together because, like we said, um, you know we've known that this day was coming. Sadly, for probably the last week, I, I couldn't believe it. It happened so fast too. At the end, that we knew like he was going through. Um, some issues with the treatment and that they were trying some different things. But from the point of seeing him in Tampa and seeing him at Benny's to them being in with hospice with him. Uh, Can you imagine, like, again, like I'm, I told you the story quickly about him being the MC and hosting the Vaughn McClure Foundation event just a, a month or so ago. It's and and he came to Benny's, you know, and it wasn't we weren't forced. We I think we said, hey, listen, just join us on the phone. But you know, he, yeah, his undying spirit, and he lives he in Vernon Hills, and he wanted yeah. to be there. And like I'm like, I look, I don't want if it's too much. I I, I like 
I know I ask for a lot. Yeah. But if it's too much, <laughs> and he looked good. To yeah, me, he, he looked good. I knew he was. That's when we sort of knew that it wasn't going as well as right. it could have been going at that point, Waddle, right? Yeah. And, and like, I'm like, wow. I go, JD, you look so good. You look good. Yeah. Uh, James in Palatine, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, James. Gentlemen, good evening. Uh, how are y'all doing? We're hanging in there, James. Yeah, yeah uh, I just wanted to call and give my condolences to all of you. Uh, I'm a Packers fan, but I tell you something. I loved reading JD's work. It was just, it was, he was so good at what he did. And, uh, I just, I'm heartbroken for the entire station. And I just, I hope you guys can find a way to rally around each other as much as you can. I would say keep his son Parker in your thoughts. Keep his mom and dad who have shown tremendous strength through all of this as well. So um, composed and so strong. And, you know, I mean, his mother his has, been, yeah. has been the conduit for, you know, like for you, Sylvia, and Danny Zetterman, who's done a fantastic job, you know, keeping us all. You know, up to date with everything and organizing the times when we could, you know, the time we could go see him. So keep his mom and dad in your thoughts as well. Well, and you realize, too, when we talk about all the good things he did and, you know, in, in the professional, you know, he was he was a producer. Then the next thing you know, he's he's on the air and then he's writing. And when you work for ESPN, he was writing and doing features and doing all this other stuff. And he did it all flawlessly. And everything he did, he took it over. And, and Tom, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this TV stuff with, with ABC7 because he loved doing the TV. He loved doing all those things. And when they were doing, uh, they'd have the uh, draft, the mock draft every year. Yep. And then he'd have to try to figure out, you know, what the Bears are going to do. And, you know, probably should have done what he had done every year. And we'd be in a better space right exactly. now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was just so good at what he did. And he did so many different things. And um, he's going to be missed so much um, for for everything. Here's the tweet, Waddle. Like, and um, I don't even think I finished my thought about Kevin Seifert wrote an article, a great tribute, and there will be so many tributes yeah. because this guy is tribute worthy. And, and and like I said, there's nobody who has ever said a bad thing about JD. JD tweeting on May 13th, 2021. You know, he's going through his fight. Proud to announce the winners of the Vaughn McClure Foundation Mid-Suburban League $5,000 Journalism Scholarship. Prospect High School seniors Ricky Little and Elizabeth King, congratulations. You know, posing with them yeah. in the middle of COVID while he's going through what he's going through. Selfless and, and, and doing things for a friend, Vaughn McClure, who we tragically lost as well. Um, Carmen DeFalco joins us right now, who... Um, you know, means the world to all of us. Uh, Carmen and Yurko every morning, uh, 10 to noon. And, and Carm, you know, the three of us, especially you, me, and JD, we grew up together on this radio station. Yeah, I mean, it's 20 years. Um, 20 years, guys, just a little over, actually. Um, and like you said earlier, Sylvia, I mean, that's like, that's 20 years of, um, you know, milestone birthdays together and bachelor parties and weddings and our kids being born and um, the road trips. I mean, you know, our, our, our work trips um, are a lot different than most people's work trips. It's one of the things I feel fortunate about. Um, You know, our work trips were a lot different. (laughs) 
And it's like, man, I, I can't, you know, I've been thinking about all of that for a while now because, you know, we've known what's going on. And it's like, I will really cherish those, man. I mean, you know, I, I know, um, I, I would just say this too. I, I, I don't know really what to say or how to, uh, you know, um, how to eloquently like say what, like J.D. Mentos as a friend and who he was as a person. I don't know. I just, I feel like the next couple of days I'll stumble and stammer through it. But I, I do, I do want people to know. And like you, you were saying this that you and Freddie were talking about this when you made the announcement, Sylvie, about like, this guy was just a warrior through it all. And like, I will, and I know he, he really, um, we haven't said anything. Obviously he wanted to keep this very, very private. And I, I, and I don't want to divulge too many details, but I want people to know, uh, like, what this guy was like. I mean, so we found out what it was, I guess, a week ago Saturday, right? It was the Saturday before Christmas that, you know, things had kind of taken a turn for the worse. And I remember Sunday morning, uh, and I was texting with you, Sylvie, and we were texting each other. You were you were, said, you were away on vacation. I was away. I was on vacation with the family, and I I said, look, I'm you know I said I'm gonna I wanted I just wanted to talk to him. I said I'm gonna give him a buzz. I was fully expecting um, to leave a voicemail, considering some of the the news we got that the 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 night before, and the the JD picks up and he says, Carm, and I said, JD, how are you? And he and this I swear I swear to you verbatim, Carm, I feel great. I feel so much better than I did yesterday. And I got up and I had a big breakfast and I showered and I shaved and I'm going to make it to the 28th and I'll get that next round of chemo and I feel great. And I and I was floored. I was like, wow. I I said that's great, man. I I I, I he's like making me feel better, which is beyond belief when you think about everything that he had been going through. And we talked for a little bit. Um, I said, you know, look, I'll, I'll see you when I get back in town. And I walked back over by my wife. And my wife's like, what happened? What he and I was like, he sounds great. I, I said, you know, like, he, I, I, I don't know, like, for, for a little while, like, as bad as we knew it was, I'm thinking to myself, man, like, he's just not going to stop. And he's going to, you know, like, he'll make it to the 28th and something good will happen. And he was like that through this whole entire thing and I, I don't know how he did it i mean I, he had a lot to fight for a lot to live for obviously carm i told the story about even when he knew when when he he was telling us that guys i have terrible news the doctor said yeah. that uh, the chemo will kill me but what are we going to do we persevere and yeah. i could live like this for the next several months he was saying to us that he that the day that we saw him in hospice he says i'm yeah. pain free and the way yeah. the way he was ordering his lunch and the I way know, he was I ordering his dinner with the double desserts it was like classic jd he's ordering i mean he's ordering lunch and dinner oh and, and and the ice cream make sure you bring the ice cream like it was so like quintessential i don't know i'm just like i i am really going to be forever grateful for you know a 20 year friendship and and you know working relationship and friendship i mean jd and i did night shows together for a number of years and um just you know and and i will be forever grateful that we got to spend even though it was brief some time with him 
um, last week, you know, where we laughed a little bit. And, yeah, it got serious a few times, but we laughed and, and joked um, like we always sort of do when we're all together and we bust balls and things like that. And it was, you know, I will really forever cherish that uh, that day. Um, and I'm so grateful that, you know, we got to do that and experience that with him. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know what, I don't know how to like, I don't know what to say, boys. I mean, it's just like, it's incomprehensible. You know, the, the thing you just said, Carmen, though, when you knew, when you were doing a show and I've done shows with JD before, when you were doing a show and they, you looked at the schedule and you said you were doing the show with JD, you get a smile on your face. Yeah, you go, we're going to have fun. Yeah. We're going to have a good like show. You- we're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to break things down. And you knew you looked forward to working with him every time you saw it. Always. And, you, yeah. you know, he'd, he'd all, you know, you, you knew, like, oh, I'm doing it with JD. It's like, it could have been July or uh-huh. June. Let's say June. You're like, oh, we'll talk bears, you know? And it's like, sure. And that's just what we'll do. And JD will have a bunch of bears thoughts and nuggets. And what have they done wrong now? And how are they going to fix it? And, you know, you're right. I mean, it was just, it, it was like he was. You know, it was just, it was always easy. Um, like I said, I mean, like the road trips, you know, like, and you said it for me as I was coming out, I, I, I heard you on home. I mean, like, he, he did everything. I mean, he rode, he was on TV, but like, JD did all the things that you'd want to do if you were in this industry. He covered Super Bowls and he covered Final Fours. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was everything. a little bit of everything. Yep. It was all the stuff that you kind of longed to do. Uh, final four weekend, Super Bowl week at the game. You know, even when the Bears weren't there, oh, the Bears are never there. Who are we kidding? I mean, JD was always there, you know, and like, and he was always, when, when we still used to go as shows, you guys will remember, I mean, it was, he would always find, he was busy, man. I mean, you know, because he, he had so many responsibilities for dot com usually, even the Bears weren't there, uh, uh, but he had so many responsibilities. And Super Bowl weeks are crazy. I mean, like, Sylvia, you know, I mean, it's like, for the reporters, it really is a lot of work. There's constant, constant player and coach media availability. Yeah. You're there There's to work other, if you're a stories. reporter at the Super Bowl, right? And JD oh, Ward. Dude, it's, it, and, you, and, and he always made time for us. He was always like, okay, what time? When do you want me there? I'll come back. I'll leave Fort Worth and come back to Dallas yeah. uh, at Radio Row so I can be with you guys, and then I'll go back to the Steelers camp. Like it was, you know, Danny would call him, and he's like, well, do you want to just do it on the phone? No, I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll join you on Radio Row. Then I'll go back to Fort Worth. It's like are you, it's thirty miles between Dallas and Fort Worth. You know, and it's like that's just the way he always was. Like he he thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, he I, I think he liked the hustle. I, I think most of the guys that do what JD, I, I hate talking about it in past tense. Um, like the things that he did, me, I think man. they enjoy that hustle. You know, I think like he, I think he got like a rise out of it. It was like, no, no big deal. I'll do it. I'll do this, this, and then I'll come join you guys, and then I'll go back. And it was just that's kind of the way he was wired. And um, you know, I think guys I, I, also, Carm. Yeah. I think that that the people at ESPN nationally had to tell him to slow down because they knew him. Yeah. he was in you know rough shape, but yet was still dedicated to doing what he was doing. So, yep, like he would never tap the brakes he was always hitting the accelerator because he only knew how to do his job one way yeah he was still grinding Tommy you're right I mean he was still up until what Thanksgiving he was still on the road for all the Bears games um you know Sylvie and Danny and I when we were in Tampa with the boys we had you know JD was supposed to join us for dinner that Saturday night unfortunately his flight got delayed 
And, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm pissed that we didn't have that opportunity, but it's just he didn't get into really late Saturday night. Um, you know, he let us know Saturday morning. He said, guys, I'm not going to get there. We were supposed to have dinner with him. And I heard you say before, Sylvie, he joined you guys at the Binnies uh, right before in Thanksgiving. Person, right? and, and I saw him at the airport like, in Tampa. Yeah. And, 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 like, here's a story, too, Carm, is we were, Waddle, I don't know how much you remember because the plans were so screwed up and no one wanted to take the lead in our Vegas trip. Oh, J- yeah. J.D. made the Vegas trip. Yeah. And and so that first night we had a good dinner, but he wasn't in town yet, and we knew what JD was going through. But still, things were were optimistic, and uh-huh. and as far as we knew and what he told us, everything was you know all systems go, and he's traveling, right. and he's in Vegas, and I wanted to see my guy JD. I wanted all of us like we get along to be together and to have this great dinner, and Dan Weeder was coming out with us. And so when he landed, Waddle, I don't know if you remember, we're like texting JD and he's like, okay, well, I'm at, um, uh, I forget what, what, what's the really nice, uh, Aria. I'm in Aria. I'm staying in Aria. We're, we're, I'm at Aria. Meet me at Aria. And then a half hour later, uh, okay, JD, we're going to leave here in a half hour. Okay. We're not at Aria anymore. Now I'm with Potsy and I'm with this person and we're over at this casino and then I get with, we meet Weederer out, and we're going to this some hole-in-the-wall restaurant. We text him again. All right, JD, where are you? Okay, well, now I'm with this reporter, this reporter, this guy, this dude, this guy, this guy. Why? Because he was the Pied Piper. Because everybody yeah. wanted to be around JD, and JD wanted to include everybody. And yeah. next thing you knew, there were 10 people with him, and you couldn't even track him down. And we're sitting at the, <laughs> where were we? At the Tuscan Gardens, yeah. having the worst dinner we've ever had. Think about how how fleeting time is. That yeah. game was that, October like, 10th. It's two months ago, guys. Three, it's yeah. 10 weeks ago, right? I'm right? I mean, it's it's like, yeah. it's yeah, it's beyond belief, like, just how quickly it spiraled out of control. And um, But you're right, Sylvia. I mean, that's just like, J.D. made being in bourbon a fun like he'd make i mean like think about that he'd be like okay here we're gonna go to i found a new i'm like well how do you find a new place in bourbon i don't want to insult the people of bourbon but it's like he's like oh we got this new brewery when you guys come down we're gonna go to this brewery then we'll go to donlin's and we'll play bags with larry and Legear, and then we'll do this and i'm like jd you can make like he's literally making bourbon like it's vegas i'm like i don't know how you pull it off but i mean he just he had that kind of personality and just I, don't, I mean you know it's just the way he was you're right I mean he didn't like I, it, it just kind of came naturally to him I, I, I guess you know it's just it's what he wanted to do it's the way he was and it was work hard and, and still have fun and play and was that's it your bachelor- I'll remember all those moments was it your bachelor party Sylvie where I'm trying to think my memory it was sucks his so I know what you're well, going to say his I, was an all-timer at Johnny I mean, O'Hagan's Oh, no, yeah. I'm in thinking. The basement at O'Hagan's. I thought it was for yours, Sylvie, and like he and I took a limo home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a he different. Forgot, this is a good one too. He <laughs> forgot where Carmen and Freddie were. We're coming. We finally we left, uh-huh. and and we were both overserved, and and I was supposed to be dropped off first because, I, but like JD didn't didn't know where he where he lived. JD couldn't talk that couldn't night. Talk. So, like in the back of this limo, I'm like, I'm wasn't like, he like? Did he have to point to where he was? Yes. And you yes. had to like, yes. He, he, like, no, he couldn't even commute. This is my Dude, yeah. guys. It was like it was like a comedy skit. I was looking at JD and I go, okay, sounds like, 
Sounds like I know you live in a golf community. I know it's somewhere up. Okay, and he's like Greg Landy. So we go up, and then then we get up there, and I'm telling the driver goes, "This may take a little bit of time. I just ask you for your patience." And then he would just kind of grunt and point at a street when we'd cross it. And then the next morning, I called him to make sure he was okay, and he's like, "What are you talking about? I've been at Parker's baseball practice all morning." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "You're Iron Man, yeah. bro. There's no way I, I'm still in bed." Yeah, that's our friend. He's I mean, unbelievable. That's why. Unreal. And these are all these memories you guys are talking about. All the things that are going to make you laugh. These are what's going to get everybody through this stuff and yeah. this, and then what we can all do for Parker. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's like you like you said, Sylvie. He just wanted to make sure that you would take we take care of Parker. Yeah, and that's got to be done. We it's yeah. it's got to be done, and it yeah. just can't be done like at one one time a no. year where you you know what I mean. Like everyone who knew JD, yeah. all of his friends, the people who are listening to us right now, and you guys know who you are because you all love JD and. um I see these tweets from from all these people I know and I respect, sure. and every this has to this has to it's got to be done by a village. You by know? the way, again, yeah. this is this is the impact he had. The Bears have just released a statement. It says wow. we are absolutely heartbroken to learn of the passing of our friend and colleague Jeff Dickerson. Always the consummate professional, JD took a great deal of pride in his coverage of the Bears for twenty years. He was a true professional and even better person. J.D. always was one of the first media members to arrive in the press box on game day with a hello and a smile that could brighten anyone's day. He was one of a kind and will truly be missed. On behalf of the entire Bears organization, we extend our most heartfelt sympathies to Jeff's 11-year-old son, Parker, and all of his family and friends who mourn his loss. Well said. I can't believe we're talking about it, you know. Neither can I. I, I, Neither can I. No, it'll never like this will never make sense. Um, you know, it's you know, it just won't uh, to any of us. And I, you know, we sadly in the last few days knew and it still doesn't make sense. It does. It's just I and I can't believe it, even though we knew it was coming. I and, just, you know, and Carm, we, we talked about this with J.D. like. I viewed the guy in such high light as a guy. He's younger than me, but yeah. I viewed he's younger him, than me by a year. And I, I viewed him as a role model to me. With like whether it was just him saying, "Selvi, slow down on the vodka, start drinking <laughs> some wine." You know what I mean? But and then and 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 he wanted the privacy. And recently at the press conference, I think it started where. Um, you know, I think Matt Nagy wanted to pay tribute to JD, who wasn't there, and I think it was the day he may have gone into hospice. And Matt Nagy, I think, started his press conference with it. And we, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to let JD down, yeah. and I didn't want to let his family down. And we didn't. And like people were tweeting earlier today about this stuff, and people nationally, and we wanted to make sure. We didn't. We didn't need to be first on this. We wanted to do it. I want to pay tribute to JD the way we know we can, and to let people know what JD meant to us and who JD. Like in Carm, I can't stop saying. I can't I like know. say the past tense. Who I JD know, it's is? Impossible. It's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, yeah. I want to do him justice, and I want to make him proud because he meant the world to all of us, and none of us. Wanted to let down his family. Yeah, and I no, just I, 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 I view him in such high high regard. 
Well, like you said earlier, I mean, anybody in, you know, the two of you in that studio right now, as you mentioned, are both cancer survivors. And everybody that has to go through it chooses to do it in his or her own way. And J.D.'s was, and I think a lot of it had to do with Parker and sure. circumstances around their right. family and Caitlin passing almost three years ago. He really wanted to keep it um, very private. So, yeah, we... We had said uh, nothing. I mean, you know, I, I had told my immediate family, of course, you know, my, my parents know J.D. and they've met J.D. And uh, uh, I told my brothers and I had told my parents. And outside of that, um, you know, we just it, it was never mentioned because he had just he said, listen, I, I don't want to I just need to keep this my battle for now. And he, he really wanted to try to protect Parker and uh and you he know, did. And know. he always did. Yeah, and he, he did. was yeah, he's he super did. dad. I mean, it's, yeah, he really was. I mean, all you know, the, it's, that's the the most heartbreaking part of all of it, you know, is just how, you know, what the, the, the relationship that the two of them had and everything that that, um, you know, that, that he's endured already at such a young age. And, you know, we, I don't know, that's, that's, uh, uh, it's just another layer that makes it so difficult to think about, like, our friend that's gone and what he's left behind and, it's pretty it's pretty brutal but we'll have to honor him you're right we'll have to, like freddie you're right we'll have to sort of remember the good times too, always you know yep you got to remember the good like we can and you know sylvia and i are going to be doing the show tomorrow when i'm back in and we're going to still be talking about him all well, day I, tomorrow. I think I you're going to be on with us too right yeah, i mean be, you, oh, you this, oh nice because yeah. this is what yeah. this is what gee i mean we, we want it like people like, are going to be calling in that we're going to be surprised by because they are going to want to talk about jd i'm going to be here tomorrow yeah. afternoon too so. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah. and we got to remember, like, we got to remember the good, funny times. Like, oh, that's yeah. what you sort of always do. I feel like in these situations, right? Because it does help, and it's like you know, as heartbreaking and awful as the whole thing is, like, he led an amazing life in just forty-four years, and we should tell stories. And you know, I mean, we have them. Like, we can just go on and on about you know who he was and the fun we had together, and how he was as an uh, like how he was as a coworker and and things like that. So I. I think we we do a lot of that in the next couple of days, and just um, and remember him that way, and always keep those memories close to our heart because yeah, it it won't it won't be easy to get over, but that'll help for sure. If you're just tuning in, um, we've been talking about our friend Jeff Dickerson. He passed away today at the age of 44. He's been fighting cancer. Uh, for about a year now, and he's kept it private, and and he's all of our heroes. Waddle is on with us. Freddie Hubner's in in the studio with us. Uh, Carmen's on the phone with us. Nick Friedel has called in. He's one of these guys. In what what those guys did he's together? Family. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Nick Nick is family. And what what those guys did back in the the back of our office at ESPN Chicago in 2009 I think it started in the group of people that they assembled Jim Pastor assembled them and Roman Madrowski John Roberts John Greenberg JD Nick Friedel Jesse Rogers the way they covered all of the sports it really was an incredible venture and it was so successful and and it it was just a shame that it, that that part as a whole got the plug pulled out from it because they couldn't find a way to monetize that. But the quality and the content was unbelievable. And Nick, you know JD, and you worked with JD, and I know you wanted to call so you can pay tribute to JD. Sylvia, I'm just crushed like everybody else. Uh, I've been sitting here crying, 
and then I was laughing listening to the stories the last little bit. And Tommy, I I, I remember, and this is what's going to get us through all of this. I remember the night you're talking about when you guys left in the limo. Yeah. And the story Hammered. that got me was I had showed up to Sylvie's bachelor party with a a a, a blue and and white like uh, polo shirt. And I had sweated through it within five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was like 95 degrees in the bleach. Yeah, it was hot. And you were so, in Wrigley Field. What were you dressing for yeah. a club for? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know where we were going to go after. And, of course, you guys are all like, what the hell are you doing? So our pal Brad Bug knew somebody at Clark Street Sports. I think it was Art. And Art chucked me up a T-shirt in the back of the bleachers where we were standing. Well, so fast forward about five or six hours, we were all a little overserved. And I'm looking for my my blue polo somewhere that's sitting on the table wherever we landed next. And from a distance, I see JD, and he's got, like, barbecue sauce all over his face. <laughs> and he must have been like, ah, this looks like a hell of a napkin. And he takes the shirt, and he's just wiping his face with all this stuff off. And I just... Have that vivid memory of us trying to get out of there later, but I, guys, I, I can't thank you enough for, for, for going through all this because everybody cared about JD so much, and I was just texting with him a week ago, and I said, "I love you, buddy. Keep fighting." And the last thing he said was, "I love you, bro," and I feel that now because he was, he was such a great dad, and he had come out to San Francisco with Parker a couple years ago when I first moved from Chicago and we went to a baseball game and we snuck Parker into the top of some bar <laughs> and JD and I are having beers and Parker's sitting there drinking his juice like what else are we going to do tonight and then there was like some fight that broke out at the bar and JD goes alright well you better take Parker out of here I'm going to close our tab and that was always him he was he was always positive and, and he always was was the guy that had a smile on his face and was trying to keep it real with whatever was going on. But, he, God, he loved Parker so much. And I know that everybody will be there for him, but it, it, just, it, it just hurts so bad, the idea that, that he's gone. But, you know, all I keep thinking, and you guys have said it, and you're so right, I'm going to get dressed here, I'm going to go to the Warriors game, I'm going to do my job. And he sure as hell would want us all to keep doing our job to the best of our abilities and not crawl into some hole about how sad everybody is, although we're all crushed. So that's what I I choose to do for my friend. I know that's what you guys are doing as well. It's it's just, I, I know, I keep going through these wanting to share the good stories and then going through while listening to it saying like why are we even talking about this like why why is this happening like that we're never going to hear the 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 deep voice of JD right. hey guys what's you know Waddles he would would always join us from his ISDN line at Hallis yeah. Hall or from his house hey guys how's hey it guys. going today you know Hey, are you looking forward to uh, Bears Giants? I can hear his voice right now. How are you going to like this game with Mike Lennon coming back to town? 
<laughs> the binocular view with JD. Remember, there's yeah. always like the binocular. Yeah, with JD. Yeah, who the had nuggets keep, and the binoculars? Yeah, who he had to keep an eye on? Uh, you know, keep an eye. <laughs> this year, fortunately, he didn't have to worry about that. They didn't keep an eye on many people this year. There was J- nobody JD to was Scorigami before Scorigami <laughs> yes. because he would always predict a score that was so like out of this world. Before always, it was, always. Like it was okay. Silly, so I got I got the Giants nineteen to eighteen. Yes, always. He, that is so true. He would always every week. It was like. It'd be one thing if he said, "Hey, like every seven weeks, he had a weird score." He goes, "Guys, I, th- I have a, I have a, a weird vibe on this one. I think it's going to be twenty-five to like 16 You're like, "Really? It's going to be?" I mean, it was always like the this weird. It was always this weird score that is so true. <laughs> That's awesome. Something, Nick. Thank you. We appreciate you. Love we you love guys. you. We love, love you, man. Love you, brother. Let, let the Warriors let the Warriors know the Bulls are coming for them. Yes, do that. <laughs> right. Great, Nick. Right, right. I miss you guys. Yeah, Thanks, we Nick. miss you too. Man. See you later, we miss Nick. you, buddy. There yep. you go. And and you know what he said? Um, I forgot which one of you said that at the end. Like he's like, I love you, brother. You know, and that's what he said Always. to us, Carm Waddle, when we were yep. with him in yep. in hospice. Is is when he wanted the hug and made it put us at ease when we walked into that room and right away broke the ice. Come on over, guys, give me a hug, and then he made sure I love you guys. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yep, it's just a bond that will never be broken. I think no. you guys all said it so well. I'm, I mean. It was hard to see him in the state he was in, but the fact that we were able to experience that hour, hour and a half in almost as as close to a normal environment or setting as we could, as he had all of his mental faculties, he had his personality, and he had his sense of humor. Um, I know things deteriorated pretty quickly after we had seen him on that Christmas Eve day. Um, that will be certainly, certainly will be a lasting memory for me. Um, and for I'm sure. That we all, as a group, got a chance to share that together as well. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, nice, I agree. The, 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 the nice part that you guys all had a chance to see him is that you had a chance to see him. He got up. He talked to you. He wanted the hug. He was he, there. It, he, was, it was him. He wasn't right. It wasn't like he wasn't. And it wasn't like he was. Yeah. He could barely talk right. and stuff like that. That had to be, I mean, for you guys, that's it, got the lasting memory of that even because he was yeah. still as as upbeat as he was, you know, all the time. And that that's, was, got, like, that's a good thing for Fred, you guys. Freddie, you're right. Like, he shared the devastating news that he got the day before about how they weren't going to do the treatment. Yeah. And, and, you know, but it was like it quickly transitioned as only he could do into, like, we still laughed, like, you know, um, Waddle's daughter baked him some cookies. He was yeah. eating the cookies, mm-hmm. talking how good they were. We busted Merkin's balls about the book. I mean, like, it was classic, you know. like We it, brought him the, he wanted the book, Carm. He wanted right. someone to bring him the Merkin book. Right. And so Waddle brought him a copy of the book, and, of course, we start busting Merck's balls because that's what we do. I mean, like, it was it was perfect, you know, like as messed up of a situation. Yeah. yeah. As it was, it was kind of perfect, you know, that we were able to still have those laughs for a little while, and like it, it was, you know, that's kind of what we always did when we're to get, when we were together. And it was just that's the way we are. It was it's so still funny, that Carmen. Way, it's, it it's like great. somebody said to JD, "Hey, if you get tired, just start reading the book because <laughs> <laughs> it'll put you to sleep." Because again, like you said, we're just busting balls. No offense to of Randy, and, and Randy looks at or uh, JD looks at us and goes. 
is it really that bad? And we're like, no, it's not that bad. We're just giving Randy a hard time. It's actually it's so a great, great book. It's so great. I'm telling you, like those, uh, that, that, those moments are, yeah, we just got to cherish them for sure. And, and you know, one thing, if you allow me to get on a soapbox too, and Fred, I think you'll back this up, uh, it, it, it being being in the fortunate situation that we're in as survivors is, and it's why I'm so passionate about it. It's why I'm so passionate about even before I was diagnosed. I've been talking about it in the V Foundation and things like these things shouldn't happen. Right. Like we shouldn't be talking about JD, our friend Jeff Dickerson at 44 years old, passing away of cancer nope. after his wife passed away from cancer uh, at a young 30 something in 2019. Like we can't stop. We cannot stop. It's why we deliver the message. And, you know, when you start working for ESPN, everyone mentions the V Foundation. You got to talk about it. And then you start taking calls and you're like, okay, but wait, we got to talk about the Cubs. We got to talk about the Sox on V-Day. And then you start hearing some of the fans and you hear their stories about uh, a member of their family or their cancer fight and how they listen to the radio and they get it gets them through their treatment and they simply want to call during their fight to say thank you. And you're like, oh, my gosh. This, this is really important. And then every year you talk about it more than the next thing you know. Fred, you're diagnosed. And, yeah. and what you went through with your wife and what GD has gone through in the last year and what JD's wife and, and, and my fight and Stuart Scott and we can go on and on and Dick Vitale right now and it's why yeah. that like I was on an immunotherapy and I was very fortunate because of the great studies and we've got to get to a point where we if you can to just continue to contribute to these funds so these scientists who are so good at their job will stop allowing 44-year-olds yeah. to be diagnosed with cancer. Anybody. And I like yeah. I, I will run through a wall for that right now. Like, we can't... Th- this sh- these discussions should not be happening. It is... No, tra- right. And it's like what Fred said, that... Cancer didn't give a crap. No. Cancer didn't give, give a crap what J.D. went through nope. with his wife. Yeah. You know, and, like, Sylvia, you're right, and it's well said. And, the like, the, the sad thing is that everybody listening to us right now, right, probably everybody listening to us has a similar story, and that's not right. You're, you're 100% correct about that, like, Freddie losing his wife way too soon. Yurko losing his brother. I think yeah. Merck was about 44. Um, you know, um, I lost a cousin at 38 two years ago to cancer. Jeez. Like that, like that can't, how is that continuing to happen? You're right, Sylvia. And, so and we've like, made whatever so much. People can do. Yeah. And, and Carm, we've made so much progress where there are several people out there who may have had a death sentence in the past who are now yeah. living and are now remission or are now cured because of all the things like Greeny has said it too. like you don't understand the progress that they've made like a lot of times you just hear how bad it is and who wants to just contribute if it's only going to be bad and bad and bad and it's a hopeless fight this has saved so many people's lives but we have to save many more lives and many more people yeah. who matter to all of us and yep. and we can't be on the radio talking about this. This can't be happening today. Right. No, and, and like I'm, I'm telling you, everybody's got the stories. That's how unfortunate it is. So you're right. Like, raise awareness. Do whatever you can. Because, like, can we ever just get to a point where this won't happen? Um, you know, like, where 
yeah, it's just it, it's because it's it's just too it, it's awful. I mean, it's and I don't know what the line of demarcation is to say too young, but I know that this isn't right, no. and that it's too young. And I, I mean, I know that unequivocally. I think we all do, and and everybody that's listening has those personal stories right now. They're thinking about a family member or a friend, somebody, and they're saying the same thing. They're they're saying to themselves like, I know what these guys are talking about. Because I lost this person, and like, how is that continuing to happen? I mean, and it, it's it, it, while maybe at times it seems insurmountable, it shouldn't. So it just you, we keep fighting it, I guess, right? Carmen I mean, just do what and, you can. Remember Matt Haller, who worked here, who yeah. was a sales oh, guy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who who yeah. passed away of stomach cancer. I mean, this yeah. is happening too often. Yep. Yeah, we knew Matt. Yeah, Matt was one of our sell, one of our um, uh, account execs for a long time, and. Yeah, I mean, I want to say Matt was about 45 when he yeah, passed a couple of years ago, 46. He was young. And it's just like, why? I mean, you know, how, why? I don't know how to answer those questions. But, like, whatever we can all do to continue to fight the good fight to, to end this kind of stuff is just, like, what we should all focus on and do. I mean, spend some of your your time, your money, whatever it is throughout the course of the year and, and you know, do things that can help. Well, and you, you know, I, my wife passed away from ovarian cancer, and I was in the car the other day listening to see what the traffic was, and BBM or their national news mentioned that there's a new treatment for ovarian cancer. Huh. I was excited. But yeah. that doesn't happen, like right. you said, without, you know. I just lost a classmate at BC uh, a week ago to ovarian cancer as well. It's, oh. like you said, Karma. I mean, it's. It, it, it touches everybody. Everyone's got a, yeah. unfortunately has a story, um, and it it should inspire all that if you can help. Yeah. You know, yep. if you can. absolutely. Some people want to talk to to us Jay, uh, uh, about JD, um, and if you're just tuning in, why we're talking about this while we're on right now at six thirty eight um, is the unfortunate news that we have lost our friend, our colleague, our teammate, our hero, Jeff Dickerson, who passed away at the age of forty four. Um, he has been fighting cancer, colon cancer, and uh, has been in hospice for about the last five to six days. And uh, we lost him today. We got to see him uh, the Friday before Christmas. And like we said, he was in great spirits and he fought to the very, very, very end and is the toughest guy that we all know. Uh, Derek and Carol Stream met J.D. Derek, you're on ESPN 1000. Yeah, hey, guys, I appreciate you letting me uh, jump on sad day. Uh, floored when I heard the news. And uh, much like James, the first caller you had on, I wanted to echo a lot of the sentiments he said. I listen to you guys from sun up to sundown every day, and uh, you guys are like brothers. So I feel like I lost a brother. And uh, had the privilege of meeting JD a handful of times, but the first time, uh, I believe, was you guys had an anniversary party, you and Waddle, up in the signature room, and I was honored to uh, receive the pass to get there and it took a friend of mine and when we got up there up in the signature room my buddy we looked around and it was a bunch of couples up there and he's like what are we doing here we don't belong here and, and jd kind of heard that and came up behind us and he's like what are you talking about none of us belong here <laughs> just, a, just a great break the ice kind of guy and just down to earth uh, met him at one of the golf tournaments that you guys had uh, and just you know like everything you guys said and uh I really feel like all the listeners out here, you know, while you said we got to stand up for Parker and be there for him, and I feel like he's got, you know, whatever you guys got, 100,000, 10,000, whatever listeners are here, he's got that many aunts and uncles that are here for him, 
you know, you guys announce when he's got a baseball game and he's going to have a handful of people That's rooting awesome. him on that like he's never heard before. So, you know, we'll start a fund and, and let's, let's support that kid. Derek, thank you. Derek, we yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. Um, Scott in South Elgin, you're on ESPN 1000. Hi, Scott. Hey, guys. Sorry, it's such a somber, somber evening. Um, I just, I just, JD was the voice of my generation. I'm 35 years old. And I just, being a Bears fan, being a lifelong fan, and listening to you guys all the time, and I, I feel like I just talked to him the other day on the radio, and it's, it's so surreal to think that somebody who lost his wife to this, this debilitating disease not just three years ago, and now he went through the same thing himself, and he did it in private. And I, I personally do – cancer has impacted my life in a huge way, and I, I personally do a Lights to Fight Cancer Drive every year and raise over $1,000 for St. Jude's. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just trying to say – people if there's something you can do if there's a gofundme you can start if there's if there's anything you can do to help people who are struggling with this disease please just do it i mean we we went through sylvie strong and sylvie i'm so happy that you're still here and that you're one of the voices that i get to hear every day but i don't get to hear jd ever again i'll never get to hear his voice again and that as a fan of chicago that that takes a piece of my heart i'll hang up and hear what you guys have to say love you guys Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Scott. It makes what we do, and, and you know, I mean, it's it's silly, it's childish at times, it's over the top. We fight, we argue, but at the end of the day, you also are connecting with people, and and I think that that's one of the the best things about this industry and about this occupation is is that even when you think that you just you're talking about nonsense or you're repeating yourself and how much you are disappointed in your favorite team, you're connecting with people. And um, I think that J.D. did a brilliant job connecting with people, whether it was television, it was radio locally, it was nationally, whatever it was. It was at events personally, whatever it was, J.D. connected with people. It was a great tribute. Uh, yeah. Marcus in Minneapolis. Hey, Marcus. What's going on? Hey, Marcus. What's going on, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I wanted to, um, the last year, right, I was wondering, no disrespect, like, I love Dan Reader as a reporter. I was always like, why is Dan Reader on now? Why is J.D. on? Because I was so used to hearing J.D. I could, like you said, Siri, I can hear his voice now. Just so used to it. Um, and, and then I think I seen Sylvie tweet a few days ago to pray for J.D. Um, and then all of a sudden, I got the notification about an hour ago, and I was shocked, man. It was sad. It's sad for us listeners, but I can imagine you guys, you were close. You had memories with him. We just know his voice, you know. Um, and I, I said this to you guys a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago or something. I don't think you guys understood it at the time, but I said one day, I've been listening to you guys for 10 years, I said one day, it's going to be you guys' last show. You're going to do a last show, and we'll have the memories of you guys, you know, all of the times we listened to you. And I don't know when the last time J.D. was on air, but that's the last time we have him. And he had his last show, and he gave us good memories, man. I love J.D.'s voice. I miss him just like you guys. Man, I can imagine the loss that you guys are feeling right now, man. But condolences to you and all of the community of reporters that we, uh, that, that's filming it today. And thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Marcus. Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. You, you know, 
on that note, I, I think our, our 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 partner and our teammate uh, and our buddy and our brother PB texted us and and I think he reminded us that wasn't JD was JD's last hit with us was it Pittsburgh or I one think of his it was. last hits? And he talked about having to remove himself from the area he was doing the hit from because the smell of smoke was making him sick. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was talking to Dan Weeder today off the air. I talked to, I talked to Dan, and, you know, we, we known and what, what that guy has been through, Dan, and we love Dan. Yeah, and right. it brings up a good point. Remind me to get back to the point, too, that Marcus brought up about fill-ins for J.D., um, and, and Dan and I, and, and on a lighter note, Dan said to me, he said, go back to that hit and listen to it because it's going to make you laugh because, you know, he wasn't feeling well. And I think he had gotten a new drug. And he said it was as loopy as you'll ever hear J.D. on with us at a time. So it may be something to go back and to listen we to. Need to li- we need to play that tomorrow, Sylvia. I yeah. want to hear that. Yeah, and we need it. Like, yeah, and 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 yes, I mean, it, it, absolutely. Like a lot of I, I had gotten tweets about that a, a few different times about not just Dan but other people because you don't know what JD has been through in the last yes. three years, and yes. and 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 in order to if be. You, and by the way, you guys all know. If, if if people understood what his colon cancer surgery entailed, oh, you would have please. been you would be mortified at what that man yeah. had to go through just to get to the point where he could address the other issues that he had. But after yep. and after that surgery and after how bad it was, he was talking like a champ. You know what I mean, Waddle? Yeah. Like he yeah. came out on the other side and he was ready. Yeah. And he's he, like I told told you like the way he's he's like. I, I'm on the treadmill, Sylvie. I'm on the treadmill. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I got in three uh-huh. miles today. You know, doctor said I could have a glass of wine if I wanted. He was so proud of 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 overcoming all that. But it, you know, and there be times. Well, why is this person on and not JD? And and behind the scenes, what he was going through, what he was doing. Going from doctor to doctor with Caitlin on her journey yep. and, and then trying to figure out how to be a single dad and being there for Parker. And you're hearing every person who calls into the show, all the reporters, all of his friends who knew him, who all mentioned him as a father first. And what he was doing to get Parker from place to place, what he was doing to make sure that he was at this game and coaching that game, and because he he couldn't do the hit there, and he couldn't, and we're like, look, yeah, we what do you do? Yeah. You do. The Waddle taught it to me very, very early in our fifteen years together. Family first, and when you're yeah. you know a single guy who's thirty five years old downtown, you're like, what, what, what you know? <laughs> what are you and, talking and then, about? And then yeah. you learn, and you see by example what these people. What Waddle says is what he does. What JD says is what he does, and was there for Parker. And then he's balancing. He had uh, Waddle and I over early. Remember after yeah. the surgery, we went yeah. over for pizza and wine. And we were watching hoops and Parker play video games and and everything and spending time with JD and it's just it's I, I just can't believe that we're not going to be able to go over to his house again and and hang out and talk. It's just yeah. crushing. Um, Peter and Lombard, Pete, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, how you doing, guys? We're hanging in through, Peter. Oh man, you know I drive a cab, um, and when I heard the news, you know I've been so mad at you guys and now i'm forgiving you guys uh for just talking about the bears all the time 
But when I heard the news, I had just stopped. And I just started crying because this is the only guy who always put Cap in his place. When you're talking about the Bears. He always straightened Cap out every morning. That's what we call the people's champ right there, Peter. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and, um, two, I think he made Jonathan Hood his son's godfather. Um, I know they were talking about it on the radio one day. He said, you need to get over here and see your godson and everything. And the guy always came. I, I just felt like I had a family member to pass away when I heard about him today. Because he's always seemed like a real, just a real person, just somebody that anyone can talk to. If you meet him out on the street, you can have a real conversation with him. And I just can't even imagine. I have a son. My son is 27. I just can't imagine what his son is going through. And I hope this station put a GoFundMe page for Parker so we can help out. I I know a lot of the listeners would love to help. You know, and I hope just it just don't start like I think one of you guys mentioned it earlier. That we don't do it now and then just totally forget about the kid. Right, right. Yeah. You know, yep. and just keep it and just keep it going, man, because he was a great dad. He always talked about Parker. I remember one time, I think during the pandemic, he was talking about they could go out and play basketball, Parker begin the best of him, and he'll foul him real hard and Parker look at yes, him. Like, did. Dad. You know, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, What are you doing, Dad? He said, Man, you know what? If I can't beat you, I'm gonna beat you. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do something to you to beat you. And it was just man, he was just so loving, such a good dude, man. I am so sad. I, man, you guys are just like family to all the listeners. And the one good thing I love about this, and I let you guys go, color don't mean a damn thing, man. Color doesn't mean anything. We should all just the love that you guys are getting from people calling in. I never even met JD, but man, the way I feel, the sadness. The sadness for his parents, the sadness for his kid. Man, we should always, this, this is where this world should be. We should love each other no matter who you are, what you are, even if you never met someone. Man, thanks, man. Thanks for giving me the well platform. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. You know, Thank you. you yeah, Thank love you, you too. There's Appreciate Peter. it. Thanks, Pete. It's home, you know, and it's it's like you you just uh, we like I've talked to Gene Greco a couple of times over this, and it's just like it, it just it it shows you the importance of your friends, and I know it's such a cliche. We gotta we gotta appreciate this. We've got to live for the moment. We've got to, but really has. I mean, it's it has come as a shock to a lot of people because of a lot of the things you guys have mentioned that that JD wanted to to do this his own way in a private way. So when people started to hear that the situation was pretty dire, I think it's, it shocked a lot of people because, you know, all of the interactions he's ever had with anyone, he's the most positive guy in every right, room. Right. And you would have never thought because JD would have never complained. He would have never shown any, never complained. And that's why it was such a shock himself. when we waddle, when we like, when we announced it or when people uh, like, and, and, um, I forgot someone tweeted something and and like I mentioned, Matt Nagy said something, someone tweeted something recently and, and, and like some, but I wanted to keep it quiet because that's what JD wanted. And you know, you started seeing some stuff and people were just in shock because for, for what, how long he's been dealing with it. He never complained. He always sounded strong on the air. Yeah, he did always each and every time. 
And I think he did yeah. that in a lot for a lot of reasons. And, and one of the biggest reasons was is that he wanted life for Parker to be as normal as possible. Right. And he didn't yeah. want Parker to have to worry about it and have to think about it, especially with what Parker had to go through with losing his mother. So, or his, yes, his mother. So, yeah. um, I understand why JD wanted to to do this in his own way and keep things as as quiet as possible. I, I, I don't know if you guys. I'm sure you did experience it a little bit in the last week, um, kind of to what you were saying, Sylvia. How like drips and drabs of it started, sort of, kind of coming out. I mean, I, I was getting texts from a lot of our you know, former coworkers, um, you know, that were that because it was kept so private, people wanted to know, wait, like, you know, what's going on? Is this serious? And and I didn't even know how to respond sometimes. Mm-hmm. A few times I kind of feel bad, but I didn't. Um, Ernie Scatton, who we all, you know, remember, know very well, Ernie, is, uh, and, and I've kept in touch with Ernie over the years. He's one of our old sound guys and producers and worked with us and with JD for a long time. And, um, you know, Ernie texted me a few days ago and just, you know, wanted to know what was going on and wanted me to, you know, whatever I could do, send my best, uh, send his best, excuse me, uh, and his family's best to JD and a bunch of other people that, you know, we used to, that we used to work with salespeople, producers and things like that, that were getting little sort of pieces of this news right. um, in the last few days and just all saying the same thing. Like, I, you know, I can't believe it. And I, you know, uh, JD was always so nice and he's the back, you know, and it's just, and what do you say? You know, and all I could keep responding to people for the most part was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, man. I mean, that, that doesn't even do it justice to say heartbreaking, you know, and, you know, and I, I didn't know, I don't know what else to say. And, and I know I've gotten a lot of texts today um, from friends and, and, and people connected in some way to the radio station um, about it, and just you know, everybody's got the same reaction. Like it can't be true, can it? it cannot be true. Yeah, I, right. the, I the last several nights, just I just lay yeah. at night thinking of what, that this was coming and not understanding and not and and yeah. not being able to wrap my brain around it. It just is. is yep. it, you 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 get speechless. Um, is he is he the mailman? You're on ESPN one thousand. Hi, is he? Hey guys, how you doing? Long time no hear from, but thanks for taking my call. This is a crazy, crazy, crazy Christmas season. Man, um, I wanted to touch upon JD, the beat reporter, and I've, I've heard words be tossed around like professionalism and courageous and personability and and, and and things of that nature. And he exuded all of that in his coverage of the Bears. Like, I'm all for impartiality when you're covering a team, not to get your feelings involved. And J.D. covered the team as impartial as you probably could ever cover a team. Like, he never was too high, like you guys say, too high or too low. Never let his emotions show. Never let how he felt about whatever situation with the Bears he was covering show. He always kept it 100, kept it professional, kept it, just told it like it is. And even like when he would call or when he would come on with uh, Carmen and, and Yurko, and you know how they, you guys like Carmen, <laughs> you know how you guys, <laughs> your emotions run wild on there. And you oh, were trying yeah. to pull them in, and he would never let you pull them in. He was just like you guys, they'd be like, calm it down, tone it down. 
Uh, he was it, always it, even killed. You're right. <laughs> I, I, I admired that about him so much. It, it, it made what he was talking about so believable. Like when the, the team was doing bad, he let you know they were doing bad. When they were doing good, he let you know they were going good. Like when they had that fluky 12-4 and four season and 18, he never was like, well, they're going to be a great team forever and ever and ever. <laughs> he told it like it was. They they got lucky a few times, and they had gimmick plays that worked, and they had the defense that was on top and everything. He brought it real to the home. And I remember one time, as a matter of fact, you guys mentioned Mike Glennon. When Mike Glennon was about to start his first game, all of you all on every show was like, why, why did we sign him? Why did you pay all this money for this guy? He's going to be a bum. He's going to be a bust. And J.D. was the one guy. That was like, get this guy a chance. Give him a chance. Let's see what he got. <laughs> and he did that with a lot of the quarterbacks yes, that came did. in. Just, sure. just give him a chance. Let's see what he got. The defensive guys come in. Just give him a chance. See what he got. And when he's wrong, when it, when the guys are bad, he'll he'd be the first to say, hey, I was wrong. He's not good. Now let's get Trubisky out there and running. And- Izzy, you know, this mm-hmm. is why, this Thanks, is why I said earlier for the things that you're mentioning. It's why all the players he covered had such great respect for him. And while he was dealing with what he was dealing with over the last several weeks, so many guys reached out to him because they knew he had a job, but he did it in a professional manner. It was never personal. He got every, gave everybody a fair shake. And I think that that's why you see a lot of the the Bears players that he covered, um, you know, have spoken so respectfully about him. I would get the finger wag uh, through the radio waddle from Jay. I could hear the words now, him saying in his voice, oh, no, Sylvie. Oh, no. Why do you think that? Oh, no. It's not that way. <laughs> you know, I'd be coming with some big old Bears thought, and then it would just feel going to Hall of Fame. He's going to start game one. Oh, no, Sylvie. Why do you think that? And that was him. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's very super fair. Super yeah. fair. Um, let's go to Dan and Wheaton if you want to um, pay tribute to our friend Jeff Dickerson. We lost him today at the age of 44. Dan and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. Hi, guys. I just wanted to call in. Um, I had the unfortunate, I moved to Florida uh, last year, and I, one of the call, a couple of callers have talked to you guys and said how much of a family you guys are, and you really guys are a family. I mean, I left everything here in Illinois to uh, to go down and work in Florida, and one of the things I left was you guys, and it was just, it's devastating to hear what I heard today. I was watching ABC the news, the early news this morning, uh, this afternoon, and Jim Rose had said something, and I'm, mm. I didn't even know this was happening. And um, my dad beat cancer twice, and right now, uh, since June, my mom has been dealing with stage four pancreatic. And mm. reiterating to one of the callers that just called in a little bit ago about. We need, and you guys have been talking about it, we need to definitely start getting money towards research and getting this beat because I absolutely, with all my heart, hate that word. Mm -hmm. I call it the C word. I really don't even like even saying it out loud. And I got to meet J.D. right after, uh, once he started getting back into things after his wife passed away. And um, I said, can I I give you a hug? And he said, yeah, sure enough, no problem. But I, I... he was that kind of guy that, and he was very upbeat at the time. And I, I just can't say enough about the man himself. Um, hearing him all the time when I was in sales here in Illinois, I had 
AM 1000 on 24-7 when I was out in the car. You guys kept me going. Carm, I know you and you and I, I've called a couple times around when um, you have the drive for the VP. And it just shouldn't be once or twice a year. It's got to be all the time, guys. And and to keep an, you know to keep the memories going of of, of JD, um, I just I can't. There's there's so mu- there's so many of them. I'm so glad you guys are talking about it. And I'm telling you, if you want to hear a 56 year old tough guy hockey player cry, I I did it this <laughs> afternoon when I heard him when I heard he passed. And I, I just my heart goes out to everybody. And whatever you guys start doing for Parker, you know I will be keeping an ear and my uh, as much as I can in Florida. I mean, I, I was keeping up with him um, when he was doing the national on ESPN. I have Sirius, so I heard him and Hoodie every sure. once in yeah. a while. So, um, God bless everybody. Um, this is not the great way to go into 2022, but um, you know, everybody stay strong, and, and I, I love all you guys so much, and I miss you terribly. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate you. We should, we, 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 you know, we're going to be with you for probably about another hour. If we can, we should get Hoodie on and anybody at this radio station who wants to talk about JD or any other. Everyone's going to be on tomorrow. Right. We're all on tomorrow. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if he, if he, and if he doesn't, if he, I understand. And if, if any of the Bears reporters or guys who are, you know, listening to the show who want to say something about JD, we're just we're just fine here, and um, we're going commercial free and just you know telling our story. Can we, can we like I take a pee break or something? Or you go, We've you been, go. We'll go in we'll, we'll, like three o'clock. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. We'll do it in stages okay. here. Okay, I'll give you the garbage can, Freddie. Yeah, we're gonna go. Yeah, we get the car and drive to your place, Freddie, and pee in your backyard. We're all gonna be in the studio tomorrow, so I won't use the garbage can. Yeah, this is WMVP Chicago ESPN one thousand. And um, it's heartbreaking to be on the radio to tell you that Jeff Dickerson, who has been on this radio station for over 20 years, who has been a friend to all, who has been a role model, who has been the, the toughest person we know, passed away today at the age of 44 years old after a fight with cancer. And, and he did it triumphantly. I will, you will not be able to tell me that he lost to cancer because JD and the way he fought and the way he traveled and the way he continued to do his job and the way he parented, um, he was triumphant. And Waddle, you mentioned it, what, what he had to go through initially, mm. um, that surgery and, <sighs> and all the symptoms that he had to go through before that this was diagnosed. And and to overcome all of that and to continue to work and to continue to live, that that's a winner right there. I had a conversation with him, I want to say, about six, probably six weeks ago. I forget when he had the surgery, but when I asked him, you know, I said, hey, I, give me the details. I want to know exactly what, you know, what what happened, what transpired. And it took him probably 25 to 30 minutes not because it was a long, drawn-out story, because it took that long to detail all of the, you know what, that he had to go through to kind of get back, put back together. And he had like, to be put back together. And, and, and like I've said a bunch tonight, like not one time did he ever say, hey, boy, I got the short end of the stick here, or that, you know, I'm the I'm most unlucky guy in the world. I can remember, too, and I know you guys all remember it as well. When he was going through, you know, what he had to go through with Caitlin, at no time do I ever remember J.D. getting down or, or, or expressing that, 
it wasn't going to be okay. And I think that no. fight, and you guys could probably know, I mean, that, I think that fight with Caitlin lasted six or seven years. Oh, no, it was like seven years, yeah. Yeah. And at yeah. no time and did he, I, I never recall ever having a conversation with him where he said, hey, this isn't going to end well. Like, at every turn, he was the most optimistic guy in the room, which always, you know, that was his goal was, I think, internally, was to try to make everyone feel better about the situation and not stress, you know, the, the, the adversity that he was facing. I, I think, Tommy, that's well said. Like, and I was telling that story to you guys about an hour ago when I first jumped on about, you know, one of the, the last conversations I had with him on over the phone before we saw him last Friday and just like how uplifting he was and how he sounded. I mean, you know, in the last six weeks or so, we've all known that, you know, all of a sudden, the outlook maybe wasn't as as positive as we all had hoped at one point or, or as positive as it was for, for a lot of the last year. And still, like every time, and I'm sure you guys experience this, like every time I call them to check in, he's like, no, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carm, I feel great. And I hear him say that. I feel great. Right? I feel great. And he would say, I did this, I did this, and I would did, and like he'd always give you like three things. He'd, Listen to what I did today. And I did that, that, and that, and I'm going to be good. And I've got, an, and I was like, "Oh man, JD, that's great." Yeah, I'm like, you know, yeah, and he was always, it was amazing. Like you got off the phone and you felt better, and you're like, "God, this guy's just a tough sob," and like he's gonna the toughest, he's gonna get through it, you know. And like, and and it's it's just unfair, obviously, because he had such a positive, strong attitude about it all. I mean, every step of the way, he was constantly like, "No." You, you know, we'd get, like, these pieces of bad news, and you'd call him and be like, no, I feel great. I feel so much better today, mm-hmm. and I got up, and I walked on the treadmill, and I had a big breakfast, and I feel great. They're like, oh, man, J.D., that's fantastic. You know, um, good. Keep fighting, buddy. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. And every conversation was like that the last you know, six I, weeks. You I know? told the story a little bit earlier that, it, like, somebody asked me to define Jeff Dickerson, and I said, Jeff Dickerson – goes to the Vaughn McClure Foundation event six, seven weeks ago, whatever it was, to honor Vaughn, one of his close friends who tragically passed away earlier in the year. ESPN sends most of their reporters out. It's a great event at at the Lincolnshire Marriott. J.D.'s going through what he's going through. J.D. is the host and the MC of the event. Like, you're not going to meet somebody who's more selfless Mm -mm. and dedicated to others than a guy who's dealing with his own disaster physically and has put that to the side so that he could be the face of an event for a cause that was so meaningful and special to him. Like, he put his own issues away so that he could be the person that was kind of leading the way for an evening that was so very important to him in, in, in remembering Vaughn and raising money for causes that, that were near and dear to Vaughn. And, and, it, and it, to me, was kind of it, it summarized who J.D. was for me, was that even when things were most difficult for him and he was facing the most severe adversity that any of us can think of, he was out there doing something for somebody else. I mean, that, th- there aren't many people in your life that, that you can... You know, describe in that manner. It's perfectly said. It's why he's a hero to me and a role model. And I like I think while people did get to know him, 
on on the radio, uh, Waddle, that they didn't know just how good of a dude he was. You know, like we hear all the time, hey, that's a good guy. That guy's a good guy. Um, No one truly knew how good of a guy J.D. was. And trust us, you won't hear. And I tell the story all the time about being at his bachelor party, and we even had this debate recently, (laughs) Waddle, where they were all chanting ATO. And then there was a debate amongst the ATO guys who were mad at me for bringing that up, that they weren't chanting ATO, that they were chanting something else. But there are all these. The point is, is those ATO bros who are still really good friends with J.D. His high school friends who he played football with are still really good friends with J.D. The friends that he made on Parker's baseball team are friends with J.D. His radio family that he has here that we've all been together and grown up together and have celebrated together, we're all friends with J.D. There's never a part of his life that's really left him. And a lot of us have friends that come and go through stages of our life, but JD has kept them because of who he is. Yeah, that's well said. said. And, and I want to go, I want to go to Merck before I do. I did see someone called in who graduated with JD. Tom, are you a classmate of JD? Yeah, from- hey guys, this is actually, I've called him before Leatherneck Tom from Palatine. And I grew up with JD. I know we butted heads, Sylvie, about the Cleo Mac trade. I was in the same <laughs> high school graduating class, confirmation class. And I'll tell you an ATO story. So we all say, hey, we're all, all these guys from Buffalo Grove are ATOs. Guys are coming in from Iowa, Western, Northern. We're all going to U of I. We're all pre gaming, getting ready to go out. And we're like, JD, you're not drinking. He's like, no. Well, we call them Dickie. Because of Dickie Simpkins. So that was his nickname to his high school and college friends. And we're like, why not? You know, just curious. And he goes, well, I got to, you know, I got a chance to uh, do the play-by-play for the Champagne High School girls varsity basketball team. And we're kind of like, why are you doing that? He's like, man, because I want to be on the radio in Chicago. And this is what you got to do to build your resume. You know, the dedication. So then fast forward. So we're all in our 20s living at Southport and Addison. It wasn't his bachelor party, somebody else's. And I'm getting a little emotional. And, and we're like, J.D., you know, why, why aren't you drinking, right? We got the limos coming. You know you know how it is. He's like, no, I, I don't know if he was with you guys or the score. He's like, no, I got a chance to do the White Sox post game. You know, and, and he's like, I got to do it. I want to get on the radio. And it just, you know, I know all the stories with him, but not only was he a great guy, man, he was dedicated to Chicago sports. And, he, like, I call on these radio stations to give a pretty harsh opinion. And J.D. was very stern with it. Great guy. Just loved Chicago sports. When he was young, he always said, man, I want to be a writer or I want to be on the radio in Chicago. So, and he did yeah, it. He did so, it. He sure and I did. I hope people just get that. That's how he was. He's like, no, I got to go. I got to go announce this, this high school girls varsity game because I got to get on tape. You know, if I want to send it out to yeah. places, I got to get on tape. It's amazing. Yeah. Tom, thank you. I I just remind, people, remind people, too, and I said this earlier, and I know you guys all understand. He was so damn talented. Writer, yep. you know, he, he was talented on the radio, whether he, you were interviewing him or he was hosting his own show. He was doing work with ABC7. He was doing national television work. The guy could do everything and yeah, did it all so very well. Yeah, he was versatile for sure. Uh, Randy Merkin has been a teammate of J.D. 
for a long time as well. He's been at the radio station. We've been through it all together. We've all grown up together, Randy. And uh, Randy joins us uh, right now. Randy, um, it's a very tough day for all of us, obviously. Uh, obviously, Sylvia, it is. And first of all, all three of you guys, uh, I know you don't want compliments, but this has been cathartic for all of us to listen to the three of you who obviously were so close to J.D. and the stories. And it, it doesn't make it easier, but at least like for a moment we can laugh and try. it's impossible to make sense of, of what happened. But, um, you know, like J.D. and I had a, a diff- as I was talking to Tom about like last week, I said we all had a different relationship with J.D., right? Yeah. Yep. Um, my relationship, you know, it changed over the last five years after my son Brett got involved in travel sports and then Parker got involved with so many travel sports and JD and I would text back and forth all the time about what's going on. And I, I kid you not, outside of, outside of myself, my wife Beth and my daughter Dana, maybe my, my in-laws and my parents, there was no bigger fan of Brett than JD. I mean, he would, he would send texts. He would send texts of games that, like, like I didn't even know how he had the results, and he would send me a game changer saying this made my day, and it would be you know Merkin walk off hit or something like that, and you know it, it, I, I was just amazed, and you know back two three years ago we were in Cooperstown, and you know for six games, and I texted JD before the first game, and I said, dude, you're gonna absolutely love this. This is like heaven for baseball fans, and he was like, I can't wait, and I said. By the way, you can watch all the games. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they have a camera behind home plate. You can watch every game. He goes, I'm in. He goes, what, what field are we at today? So I told him how to do it. And then every morning for the next two days or three days, I got a text at 8 a.m. saying, what time are we playing to Merck? What field? What time are we playing today, Merck? What fields? And he would know when Brett was up, and he would text me. He got robbed or whatever. I mean, he, was, he watched all six games of Brett's games. I don't even know what he was doing at the time, but he, he took the time to watch all six of Brett's games. And it just meant the world to me. And, you know, um, it, it was late September and I, it was a Friday afternoon. I was playing golf at Deerfield and I get a text from JD saying, just saw Brett and his friends. He kind of gave me a head nod. And I said, <laughs> where are you at? He goes, I'm at the Deerfield Vernon Hills game. And I said, I'm coming right over. So I came over and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on the Vernon Hills side because I assume that's where J.D. is. So I go up in the stands. I'm looking up. I can't find him. I text him, did you leave? And he goes, no, I'm on the Deerfield side. So I go over there. Parker goes down in the field with um, J.D. knew one of the wrestling coaches from Deerfield. He brings him on the field. And it was just J.D. and me for an entire second half. And we just talked everything. And, you know, as you guys talked about, he diverted all the attention away from himself. Mm-hmm. It was all about everyone else. Always. You know, and, and that's just who he was. And, you know, I mean – he, I mean, I could go on and on about all the times he supported me, you know, and I always tried to support him. Anytime, Sylvia, so you, you almost forgot he was sick at times because he was doing so much work, and every once in a while you'd say, hey, J.D., can you come on Wednesday? And he would text back, Merck not feeling so hot. And I'd be like, oh, my God, you know, I forgot what he's going through. And I'd be like, hey, can I, can I bring you guys dinner? Can I do carpool for Parker somewhere? And he'd always say, no, we, we got it covered. We got it covered, Merck. But, um, you know, even visiting with him, the last week at, at, in hospice, and David, David Haw and myself went to visit him, and it was right after he had gotten the terrible news that chemo was no longer an option. And he's, he's like, getting off the phone, and he's talking to David and I, and I don't know where he looks at me, like, with this mean look, and he goes, where's my book? 
Yeah. How, come I, yeah. How, come, how come I don't have a book? He goes, all I got, uh, Merck, all I got is time to read right now and no book. And I go, J.D., I've got one in my car. And I jump out. I said, I'll be right back. And I go, it might be a little bent, though, because it's been in my bag. He goes, I don't care. So I sprint out, and I go in my car, and I look everywhere. And I'm like, God, I must have brought it inside. So I come back in. I'm like, J.D., I, 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 I'll, give, I'll bring one tomorrow. I'll, I'll drop it off. He goes, don't worry about it, Merck. You'll get one to me. I'll be here for a while. And, you know, I right. texted Tom, and, and Tom brought it the next day. And I, was, I, came, I went with Saturday, and I autographed it for him, and we talked a while and about it again. But, like, I, I just, guys, I just can't, I can't, I can't process this. I, I just really can't because, yeah. I mean, he, he was, he's such an amazing person, such an amazing person. I don't, Merck, I don't think we're going to be able to. And, and like, no. the story that you gave is for those who are just tuning in are, are the stories that we all have given for the last couple of hours yeah. is that, like, I'll never forget that line. What do we do? We persevere in hospice, getting the news about Akimo, telling us that he could he could do this for the next couple of months if he wanted to. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to persevere. And Merck, okay, you forgot the book. I'm going to be here for a while. No right. big deal. And, you know, and guys, I, I want to mention two people who are, are just amazing people as well, and those are his parents. Yes. Because, yes. Yes. Uh, Rock, we, you man, know, I'm telling when you. We, when we left on Saturday, Jesse Rogers and myself went there and they were outside like in the parking lot waiting for Parker. And, you know, we just, we had a long talk cry. I mean, like at one point his mom looked at me and, and I said, I, I've been trying to process this. I just can't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we hugged and I said, you know, like he, and she looked at me and she said, he was the perfect son. He's the perfect son. He never did anything wrong. Like, he, you know, we, we couldn't have asked for a better son. And I said, I, I don't, I just don't know how to explain this. And, and, you know, they were both, they, they were both just stunned, you know I mean? The whole line, but the, they were so strong. I mean, to, you know, to, yeah. to have to deal with that. I mean, both of his parents are ama- amazing. Wait, amazing. We're all parents. So you can put yourself in some ways in their shoes. And the last thing you ever want to do as a parent, it is the, yep. it's what, it, it's the most terrifying thought in the world is to ever have to say goodbye to a yeah. child. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. the child yeah. that is supposed to say goodbye to the parent after they live a long, full life. And the cruel, the cruel path where the parent has to say goodbye to the child makes it very difficult That's and hard to process. To, yeah, that's never supposed to happen, ever. No, it's not. No. And it, like his, his, his mom and dad, uh, I, I was almost like kind of stunned at just how strong they appeared on when we saw them on friday i'm like yeah. I, I, I can't imagine like, but carm you know it, 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 my, it, i don't it, know it, i can't imagine but i can't you, I, like, you they, can see where he gets it do you know what i mean i guess yeah like they were they were unbelievable i mean and i know they have been and you know i, I um you know i know they were they, they, again i don't know i don't know like what to, to say and not say because jeff wanted to keep a bunch of stuff private but like just knowing what the last six weeks or so had been like and you know like their love and support for him and just like how like they're rocks man i mean like they're 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 unbelievable i mean they're just unbelievable yeah Uh, i mean you know it's just yeah uh, and uh, and i guess that's where you get i guess you're right that's where he gets it probably that's why you know he was tough man he's a tough dude carm uh you know we i tried every year or since especially since caitlin passed of going to at least two or three of Parker's games every summer. And mm-hmm. Waddle and you and I went to one yeah. after 
we did the ESPN golf outing, remember, and it was in yeah. honor of Caitlin, uh, and I went to the game, and, and I told you this, Carm. I said, I don't think I've ever seen a, a connection that was yeah. better than between J.D. and his son, Parker. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and he would come over to me, you know, I mean, he, he was, like, he'd be mad at Parker if he made a bad player, if he wasn't hustling, but he, he said to me, yeah, Merck, you know, Parker's having a bad game, whatever, this and this, but he, he would give me a scouting report on everything, like what Parker was doing wrong, what he was doing sure. right. And, I mean, you know, I, I, just, like, I just loved watching the interaction the two of them had because, yeah. you know, Par- Parker, I mean, just after every at-bat, he'd go back and he'd, he'd look over at J.D. You know, I mean, it was, it was this connection you, just, you don't see. It was this connection you don't see. And uh, I love going to his games. You know, I just love – I mean, I just – because those are times, you know, you're just there's, – there's nothing, right? It's just you're spending time wa- watching a kid play a baseball game and watching the, the, the love that J.D. had for Parker and – you know, it's 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 just tough. It's just it's tough to comprehend with what's going on today, guys. Merck, uh, yeah. very well said. We appreciate you, love you, and uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Okay, okay well, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Three in the morning, Merck. Randy Merkin. Um, well, we've all worked together. We've all grown together. You know, I've got some stories about JD's wedding too that I want to. And you know, we talked about his. Uh, we talked about my bachelor yeah. party. We've talked about what? his bachelor party. I want to bring in though Matt's calling, who was a pledge brother of of JD's. Matt in Arlington Heights, your NESP in one thousand. What's up, Matt? Hi. Good evening, guys. And um, just wanted to say thanks um, for this beautiful tribute to Jeff. He's. Uh, a special guy to all of us and uh we're gonna miss him and everything you guys have said has just been phenomenal and so truthful about him um he was such a great guy um wonderful husband to caitlin and was there by her side throughout obviously everything caitlin experienced and was such a brave guy through that all um a wonderful dad to his son parker and uh, inspiration to all of us in his fraternity his you know you guys knew us through parties and you know the way we crossed paths maybe in in different outings but he's such a good guy um you know in his professional career it was just an extension of i think of how he lived his life Uh, he uh he was he was such a dedicated guy you know obviously to his profession that you guys experienced and he even did that in college we always used to laugh where you know all of us would be out till two in the morning hung over the the day after a long night out, probably six nights a week in college. And there it was Dickerson at 9 a.m. up and running, going to work out. And, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was dedicated. He was a consummate professional, the way he led his career and the way he led his personal life. And, um, I tell you, we had some wonderful stories over the years. All of us guys that, you know, are, are listening to you guys tonight on the radio, all of us fraternity brothers of his, and you guys are, uh, phenomenal with the stories. Cause, uh, we had some wonderful stories of, you know, spring break trips. Uh, I remember when Caitlin passed, we all got together and took him down to Nashville for a trip for a weekend. That was just a, you know, an unforgettable memory that we'll have with him. And even over the summer, I remember Jeff wanted to get everybody together. And I think it was just the way through everything he was going through to just have everybody over at his house. And I remember we went over to his house and at one point we were sitting on his back deck and we're all joking around. There's probably 15 of us. And, I looked over and I remember seeing, you know, him standing there by himself, but just with a big smile on his face, almost like he was just happy to be around people considering everything he'd been gone through. And like you guys said, he, uh, it never was about him. It was always about everybody else. We, uh, we always, you know, realized through whether it was 
our own potential, you know, our own uh, health issues or family situations that he would always call and check in on us, even in light of everything he went through with Caitlin and, and his health. And he was, uh, he was a phenomenal guy. And like, uh, even in his, uh, his final days, you know, we all had the opportunity to go visit him and, you know, at his house and in the hospice. And he, uh, he, he, I remember just a, a funny story that one of our friends, Mark uh, shared with us that you guys might laugh about was, um, he said, uh, you know, they, they asked Jeff, can we bring you some food? Cause he was still able to eat. And he, uh, he goes, uh, you know, can I get you guys anything? And he, uh, and, and Mark said, what about Taco Bell? And, uh, cause Jeff always loved Taco Bell. And he said, uh, I've never turned Taco Bell down in my life and I'm not going to do it now. I'll have a nachos bel grande and two soft tacos. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, he was a good guy. And when we all, when we all left to visit him in hospice and, you know, you know, it was, he, I remember him hugging us all and say, guys, this isn't the end. And it isn't the end because we're always going to keep it in our memories. Buddy. But, uh, Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate it. Matt, that, that, was, miss you, Jeff. that was such a great Thanks, tribute. Matt. Matt. And, and we yep. appreciate you. We appreciate all of his friends. It's like, like I said, I try. I, I don't think our listeners, our fans, can truly understand the bond that he has with all these different groups of friends. Right. That yeah. is still so strong. And so many of us, we want, we tell our friends, we're like, hey, we haven't been out in a long time. We're going to get together soon. And then months go by. And then we're like, yeah, we still got to get together. But JD was always about all the different groups of friends while sure. being super dad and being as tough as anybody that we knew. It's it's really amazing. And we're talking about Jeff Dickerson, if you're just tuning in um, for the last few hours, and we're just we're winging it, and we're telling you stories, and we're crying, and we're laughing, and, you know, we're doing what friends do, and we, we've all worked together. Carmen, me, and J.D. have worked together for two decades, 20 years, yeah. and Waddle and JD have known each other for 16 years. And I knew they JD sh- before he came over here. Yeah, he, he was over there. And Freddie's oh, yeah, well, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for a short period, yeah. I knew him over there. Yeah, it's when when I didn't know that like the the wine thing yeah. was a thing yet. When when yeah. JD and and Waddle would have Wine Wednesdays yeah. when they both moved out. When JD moved out to the Burbs <laughs> and right. I was still in the city, and Waddle That's would right. be wearing his winter cap and his foyer of his house, and there'd be two grown men drinking wine. And having conversations, yep. I'm like, what's going on over here? <laughs> you do Wine what you do best yeah. as frequently uh, as you can. You're right. You're it's right. just another reminder too. That, you know what? My wife says it to me all the time. She's 55. I'm 54. You know, the fun factor. You you got to focus on it. You you, you gotta you got to stress the important things in life because time ticks away very quickly and. Um, you know, the next thing you know, you, you, you regret not doing something or saying something sure. to somebody, and, and you don't want to live with those types of regrets. Yeah. Uh, Carm, uh, you remember his wedding, right? I mean, was it oh, one of gosh, the, yeah. the best weddings you've ever been to? It was it was fabulous. So, like, J.D. got married um, at the – and I don't even know if they still do this now right. that the McDonald's Corp has moved, but – you know, out uh, right where I, near where I live now, Oakbrook. actually in 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 Oakbrook, um, uh, the, the the McDonald's owned a, a high. They owned a huge. They own a huge piece of property in Oakbrook, and where the headquarters was for a long time. And there's a Hyatt on this beautiful piece of property that's uh, kind of right behind Butler National Golf Course, and it's very scenic. And uh, they had this Hyatt, and it was a great 
venue for weddings and JD and Caitlin got married there. And it was like that classic uh, McDonald's wedding. If you go at the end of the night, they bring out the cheeseburgers. It was awesome. I'll as never a forget. Snack, Waddle. As yeah. a, the, the, like after the eating snack. this huge dinner and, and all, yeah. all, everything you got fed, then at like 11 at night, you know, like as, as everyone's dancing, they bring out all the McDonald's burgers. The thing, the thing that I remember most distinctly, and like we've kind of joked about it over the years, about JD's wedding was, and I don't know if you remember this, Sylvie, was how quick yes, the actual ceremony was. I mean, it's like the stuff of legend when you think, well, <laughs> well what can be rem- memorable about that? People were barely in their seat, and they were like, "You may kiss the bride." We didn't know what was going on, and and JD afterwards was like, "Hey, we wanted to make it quick and get to the party." It, they literally walked down the aisle. They, 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 I think they exchanged a couple of vows. They put the rings on. They said, "Kiss the bride." Uh, we looked at each other like, "That's it." That's it. it and it couldn't have taken five minutes because always. We, we, we always we, joked about it. You always hate being at the wedding. I mean, look, we're always. all there for the wedding. That takes like an hour, hour and a half. You're ready to get your drink on, and you're sitting, you're hungry, and oh, another, <laughs> another this, another that, another this. And, and then we sat down at this wedding, and it was 11 it was, and a half minutes. The wedding amazing. lasted for Fantastic. 11 and a half minutes. You may now kiss the bride. The way they should we, all go. Carmen and I, I think I sat next to you and Karen, I think. And, I think so. I think so. And we looked at each other. We're like... We could drink. We all got up and we went and we went to drink. And then the other thing I remember about JD's wedding was like we were all together and all those those things. Um, wasn't that the wedding too? Where like right when we were about to start, like Copic came in late and didn't Copic yes. rear end somebody in the uh, yes. in the circular drive right outside the hotel? Yes. Well, Copic came like came in hot. And rear-ended a car in like the valet line, you know, and, and, and he walked in. Yeah, like he literally walked in in Copic style. He might have even had a fur coat on. I'm trying to remember now. I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was classic Copic. He <laughs> he walked in. He had a car accident, and JD I think he had to go out and like deal with the valet. If I remember it correctly, like I mean, it was crazy. It was just like. I'll never forget that. I'm telling you, like, uh, those are the things that we always have to cling to and remember. I mean, because there are just so many funny moments. And J.D. was like, oh, all right, Chet, what happened? And I'll, I'll <laughs> go deal with day. this now. Yeah. On my wedding days, like, now I'll go with this. I'll go deal with the fact that you rented somebody in the valet line, you know, like pulling up hot, coming into the wedding. It was classic. <laughs> Amazing. It was unbelievable. Uh, Tony in New Jersey. Tony, you're on ESPN 1000. Yes, hi, guys. Uh, just wanted to uh, first give my condolences to um, Jeff Dickerson's uh, family, you, you guys as well. I know that you guys was very close. And um, I just wanted to share a thought with you that um, even though he passed away, uh, we had the hope of, of seeing him again. Um, you know, we uh, uh, all, uh, you know, go through things. Uh, my, my mom and dad died when I was 11 and 12, respectively. Uh, I just lost my son to a uh, overdose, uh, and uh, due to the cancer, I'm, I'm battling that as well, colon cancer. But mm. we have that hope, you know, due to God, that we can see all of our loved ones again, Jeff and your, the, the wife, uh, all of our loved ones again, and we have that hope. So that keeps me going. Uh, I know that that can keep you guys going as well, Jeff Dickerson's family. So I just wanted to uh, share that thought with you. Tony, you keep fighting, all right? Yeah, man. Thanks, Tony. Tony. You stay strong. Yeah. Thank you. There's Tony in New Jersey, another selfless guy, calling in about J.D., and he's going through his own journey. 
Um, Joe is uh, calling in. Joe, you're a former producer here? Yeah, Sylvie, Joe Fisher. What's uh, up, Joe Fisher? Fisher. Joe, what's up, brother? Uh, how you guys doing? And I've Joe. just been, you know, <laughs> I've been listening for the last hour and a half. And um, like so many of the other people that have called, you know, I'm like kind of the estranged cousin or like the long distance. Uh, I was, you know, working with you guys when we were a lot younger. And I just kept thinking of all the late nights that we would have. And, Carm, you were, you know, part of that quite a bit, walking out of the studio on, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night and, uh, you know, hitting the streets till early in the morning. And just so many great things that have been said about Jeff and will continue to be said about Jeff and, you know, the kind words, too, and, you know, the support for his son. And just thinking back to all, you know, the fun times that we had, but, he was really helpful for me when I um, worked with all you guys and was very encouraging and, and just someone that I could always um, count on and go to for advice or support. And then obviously, you know, you guys moved to daytime and he continued and kind of picked up the uh, and stared the ship on the, on the nighttime stuff. So we worked together for a couple more years and he was always like you, like everyone has said, just the same person every day, always laughing and joking, never took himself seriously, worked his tail off. Um, you know, you guys all work extremely hard in, in what you do. Um, but he worked, you know, would be covering things and then racing back to the studio to host a show. And sometimes even if it was only for an hour, hour and a half, you know, he put everything he had into that. And, um, I've just, been getting texts from so many different producers that worked with us interns um that were maybe only there for a summer and i know you guys don't really have interns anymore but just how big of an impact he had at probably everyone at that station not just the programming side but getting to know interns staying in touch with interns assisting interns when they would go back to school or the relationships that he had with the sales staff and um you know, I don't didn't really um, see him often, but I ran into him probably about four years ago. I was with my family, and my two boys, Charlie and Leo, uh, are one's older and one's younger than Parker by a year. And he was sitting right behind home plate, and so he saw me and he yelled fish, and I immediately turned to my wife and I said, "All right, you got the kids. I'm running down there." But our our three boys just ran around, and you know. People said sometimes when, you know, Parker is very uh, rambunctious, looking over there, I said, don't worry about it. You know, Kelly's got it. She'll watch the boys. And we just sat and we had three or four beers and just kind of the, the stages of life. You know, you're, you're a young 20-something running around the city, having a good old time to then having a family of your own. But just still, he was the same person um, that he was when we were 23, 24, 25. And he never changed. And I think that that's a credit to obviously his upbringing and how strong his mom and dad are having to be right now. And, and I just really appreciate, uh, for, like I said, the last hour and a half, just kind of sitting back and listening to you guys. And I know, Sylvie, you've been extremely supportive of a cousin of mine who's still uh, suffering from the same thing that uh, J.D. passed from. And it's a, it's a family and it's a it's a connection and i was part of that family many many years ago but i still feel a part of it today 
And you are. Look, oh, and, and, absolutely, Joey. Yeah, thanks, Fish. We appreciate uh, your stories. Joe was one of, I think, our first producer, wasn't he, Carm? Uh, that Sean, we had? Uh, Witt might have been first. Joe might have been right after that. I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, Joe and I. I think uh, Joe and I, but weren't we on at nights with Joe first? I, I want, maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, that, that you might be right, actually, Sylvie. Yeah. You might be right. I mean, uh, we go way back with, with Joe. Um, I haven't seen Joe in a long time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, it could have been at night. Joe might have been the first one with us. That's true. And then J.D. and I were together at nights for a little while in, like, 2006, 2007, probably. And Joe was still at the station and was our producer at night. So, yeah, he goes way back with J.D. You, for sure. Do you guys know what amazed me so much about him is, is like, we all thought of him as a football guy. Or a lot of people did, not all of us, because we knew, you know, that he was versatile on a lot. He would do national shows on topics that you would be like, how did you know that? Yeah. Or how, I, like, I'd be crapping my pants going, like, I can't fill an hour talking about, you know, the AL East and, and the Red Sox and the Yankees and what they're going to face this weekend in this series. And J.D. just would c- come in and, you know, the, the show would come on and you'd hear nothing but calmness in his voice. He was tremendously prepared for everything. He just, like, he had such a gift and such a talent to not, you know, like, I'd be stressing over things or I wouldn't feel comfortable that I was knowledgeable enough on what I was supposed to speak about. And he just had an easiness about him and his job and, and his presentation, which is just, just I, I continue to, you know, spend the, the evening thinking about different things yeah. that have stayed with me about J.D. And that was one of the things that I always, what was so impressed by, like, he, he was never flustered. He's never... Never. No, never. Never. He always felt so comfortable. He always was comfortable on the air. He was comfortable on TV. That's one of the toughest things when you first get in this business. They want you to be relaxed, comfortable, and he always was that way. He always sounded that way. Well, you didn't know this. Carmi, as drivers, and and JD as a driver, Freddie as a driver, knows that the first thing uh, test they give you in Bristol if you want to do a national show is a quiz on the Red Sox and Yankees. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm sure right. they do. You have right. to do any show nationally, you got to know some Red yeah. Sox and Yankees. That's the, true. The long they, history of the Red Sox and Yankees. Absolutely. You're going to have to talk about the Jets and the Giants at some point. There you go. you got to yeah. talk a lot of Pats, too, a lot of Patriots. <laughs> yeah. They may bleed over into Boston. Uh, the Bears, uh, as Waddle read earlier, if you're just tuning in, we lost our, our friend, our colleague, our our, our hero, our brother. our brother, Jeff Dickerson, today at the age of 44 in a, in a fight with cancer. Um, the Bears sent out just a, a wonderful statement. Their Twitter handle has tweeted many different statements from Jeff Joniak, uh, from others who work within the building. Their statement uh, says, we are absolutely heartbroken to learn of the passing of our friend and colleague, Jeff Dickerson. Always the consummate professional. J.D. took a great deal of pride in his coverage of the Bears for 20 years. He was a true professional and an even better person. J.D. always was one of the first media members to arrive in the press box on game day with a hello and a smile that could brighten anyone's day. He was one of a kind and will be truly missed. On behalf of the entire Bears organization, we extend our most heartfelt sympathies to Jeff's 11-year-old son, Parker, and all of his family and friends who mourn his loss. And those family and friends are in the thousands yeah. because of 
how kind and and what a role model JD was. And people uh, want to talk about it with us at 312-332-3776. We've had multiple people on from the station. We're going to be wall-to-wall, all local shows tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to the bowl games, we're going to be talking about JD sharing stories and, and having people who love JD on with us. Mark and Vernon Hills in the community that JD lived is calling in. Mark, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, you guys. Uh it's Mark here. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you guys are hitting this right on the head. Um, the stories that you guys are talking about, um, you guys are doing such a wonderful job. J.D. was, uh, I met J.D. through uh, Parker. My son happened to start playing uh, Little League Baseball with J.D. Um, and, of course, Parker was, you know, just much better than everybody else. He's he's two, three years ahead of his time, and he was just better. And, but Jeff was so patient with all the other kids on this Little League team. We were coaching together, um, and he was working with my son, and my son and, and Parker in the same class together. Uh, and I, I'm a coach myself. And uh, to watch Jeff, who is a phenomenal athlete himself, work with these kids who some who had very little talent but the patience that he had and the expertise that he had and how he worked with these kids were just phenomenal and through that um became a great friend and we had a little neighbor group uh, that we got together with you know myself with uh, got jason and and michael and, and would park with all our kids being the same age we'd hang out in his backyard and watch an outdoor TV and he just had put a lot of money in his yard and yep. you know we would be out there hanging out and and one thing that you guys said I think it was a fraternity brother that said that there were times where Jeff he just wouldn't say too much he would just watch everybody having a good time and just seem to really appreciate it you know and a lot of us you know I think we take that for granted at some time but he th- he seemed to know that, you know, these are special moments. And he just, you know, knew it. And you just would watch him. And he was very intrinsic about how he was thinking about these special times, you know, that he had with everybody. But, you know, but because of his work, my son really got into baseball, and, you know, made the travel team. And, and but like I said, Parker was just heads and tails above everybody else. And it was just amazing to see and, you know, I know Parker will go ahead and, you know, make make them all proud. And um, it, just, it was just a pleasure to know him and, and to be able to call him a friend and really a family member. And, and you guys are just doing a wonderful job talking about him. And, um, you know, because of what is, you know, I was just coming home from a wrestling practice myself and uh, as a coach, and we were just going to come home and see what we had in the fridge. But after that Taco Bell story... Really, I told my son we got to stop through Taco Bell uh, for Jeff here and not to grande and two soft tacos yeah, for JD. You got it, you yeah. got it. But we appreciate what you guys are doing, and thank you so much. And uh, you know, may his memory live on forever. So thank you guys. You guys are great wonderful. sentiments. The great. I mean, it's easy yeah. to. Thanks, it's like Mark. when people credit us, like we're we're talking about our friend. He makes it easy. You know, we're talking yeah. about as Waddle said, our brother and. 
Um, like that's the that's what gets me the most is when when I hear about Parker uh-huh. and, and the so many and Parker's a superstar. Yeah, Parker is so good as an athlete and he's going to be a great kid. And like we said earlier, we hope that everybody went not just in the week or two weeks or the month, Dan Weeder and I had that conversation that this is constant. And the one thing that I like, the one thing that screwed with my head more than anything with my diagnosis was thinking about my two boys and wondering if they would grow up with me. And if like, it's like selfish, this is a very selfish thought. So bear with me. Is that would they remember who I was? It's a very human thought. Yeah, and that's not selfish. No, and, yeah, I was going to say that. And, and 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 I would, I would want to like, I like how much I love them, and and it is up to all of us to to not only be there for Parker, but to tell Parker. And he, yeah. I know he's eleven, and he's older. And he, and, but still, Eleven's not that old. No, and that he needs to be reminded what a hero and what a friend and what a great person and what a great dad JD is, and and never forgot. Yeah. You never forget. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was yeah, and, and we can right. never let that be forgotten. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. What what he's had to endure at uh, such oh. a young age makes this story. Even harder, like it'd be. This would. This is so hard because it's a twenty-year relationship that you know we've had with JD. It's a a working relationship, a friendship. Like we've been telling these stories for the last nearly two hours about all the life experiences that we shared and all the moments because we were. I mean, especially JD and I are pretty much the same age. We're about nine months apart, and so like we like every step of the way getting into this business and all the things we achieved and the, like the life moments, it's like they kind of mirrored each other, you know? And so like, this would be, this story is, is, is sad and it's so hard. And then when you add on top of it, Parker and what the families had to go through is, I don't know, like that's been the hardest thing for me. Um, and at times I have felt like, is that a weird thought to have? Because JD's been such a good friend, and I've known him for so long. I'm like, am I? I don't. It's it's like I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know how to properly even like talk about all the feelings I've had in the last. Really, the last week has been the hardest. I think mm-hmm. because of how quickly it all happened and what we learned in the last ten days. Maybe like these these. I I just I can't get over. You know. Why has this happened to that poor boy and, you know, how we do have to look out for him and, and make sure he remembers how much his family loved him. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like it, it, it adds this. I don't want to be I, 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 I want to rem- I want to, like, keep laughing and tell stories about J.D. because I think that is important and it makes us all feel better. Like, that's the selfish thing, I guess, Sylvie. We're like looking ways. We're looking for ways to feel better. You know, but like that's the way we grieve usually. Like tell yeah. the stories, laugh about the things that. But made that's us happy. how we re- and that's how we remembered him, though, too. You know what I mean? Right. You know? Yeah, and like, and I don't, and and, and so I, I don't know. I just I, I keep going back to like what what has happened now to to Parker and how this could happen to to one family. And I, you know, we just you're right, man. We have to make sure that we kind of we honor his wishes, JD's wishes, and just make sure that we're kind of around when we can be and that he, you know, he knows that 
we'll always think anytime we think about JD, let's face it, we're going to think about him. Yeah. I mean, we're going to think about Parker anytime. I mean, there's just, you know, that that's, I think the the interesting and, thing too, Carm is, is all of us, because of our relationship with JD, we've developed relationships with Parker and you guys have, uh, you know, Sylvia and Carm, you've got kids that are comparable age. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think in some ways it, it, it hits you because you see yourself, you know, in the same situation, and oh my God, how could I ever process that? And how does that happen to him? You know, I have young kids. My, I have you know, my kids are older, and um, you know, my kids developed my two youngest daughters. Babies, you know, not even babysitting because he's, you know, he's not, you know, he's young, but he's not, you know, he's he's able to do everything. Um, like when Jeff would have different work assignments and stuff, my two youngest daughters would would at times. Would, would go over and, and watch him and mm-hmm. they developed relationships with him. And, and I know that each one of us has a special like kind of relationship with Parker having been around him. And like, I used to get so much joy from my kids would come home and my daughter Leah would be absolutely exhausted. Yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. she's, she's 24 years old. She was probably 20, 22 at the time. And I was like, Hey, how was it? She's like, Oh my God, Parker's got endless energy. And she's like, and he's just, she's like, I was so afraid. I said, what were you afraid? Well, he swung a bat. He hit a home run. He was pimping the home run and threw the bat through a window at his house. <laughs> Under her watch. So, so, so Leah's like, I could not wait for Mr. Dickerson to get home. And then I felt like so, you know, I was so scared that, that it was my responsibility and when Leah described to JD what happened, he goes, "That's all right. He's done that before. Yeah, that's par for the course." I <laughs> yeah. could hear JD say, "Ah, that's par for the course." Yeah, yeah. That's, but yeah, my yeah, kids used to come home, and, right. and, and my youngest daughter Emerson would, would would at times hang out with him as well, and they would just be like, "Oh my God! A, he is a phenomenal athlete. B, he has endless, oh. boundless energy, and and C, he and his dad have such a special relationship. It's something that my girls would tell me every now and again that, you know, they fight a little bit, mm. you know, they're strong personalities, but there's something there that is hard to describe, but it's, it, it, it's, it was, it, it's a beautiful relationship that the two of them. Beautiful. You know, yeah. Beautiful. You know, the other thing, and you guys have all said it, and we all know it about JD is that he didn't, he, when you have when you go through stuff like this with his wife passing away and everything he went through and then with him being sick, you know he had down times. He was not going to let any of you see him. Yeah. Nope. He was not going to let anybody see him and feel sorry for him. He didn't want that. And you know that when you guys left, it had to be so hurtful for him. And not yeah. hurtful, but you know what I'm saying. So tough for hard. him. It had to be guys, hard, Freddie. Yeah. It had to be real right. hard. But he was never yep. gonna let you guys see that because nope. That's that's the kind of guy he was, and he would never he put like, anybody. Yeah. yeah, he didn't want you to be feeling bad, yeah. so he made right. sure you felt good. And that's 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 not easy. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like not easy. Up, right? right? Always yeah. selfless. Yep. That that's the word that's come up the most. Um, Esteban wants to uh, weigh in. You're on ESPN 1000. Esteban, are you there? Let's uh, let's try somebody else here. I know we've been. Going back and forth, and a lot of people have been on hold for a long time. Ralph on the east side. Ralph, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, fellas. Um, got in the car today after work. It was about 6.30. Expecting to hear uh, Black and Abdallah. I heard Sylvie. Uh, thought they were probably playing a segment from earlier from you guys' show. and um, Then I heard Nick. 
And um, and then I heard the news. Um, you all play such a part in our lives. Um, as nine to fivers, um, you. I'm sorry. Um, you all really get us through the day. You all get us through our um, problems. At least me personally, and um, Jeff. It sounds like this that I had to really think back of all the years I've been listening to you all, and how long I've really been listening to Jeff. And that theme song, man, is um, that's that that's what hooked me and, and got me listening to <laughs> Jeff. As crazy as it sounds, and the fact that uh, I won't hear it no more is uh, tough. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hang up and let you guys talk. But um, rest up, JD, uh, Parker. Your parents are watching over you, and they are walking with you, and you will make them proud. And um, condolences to the family. Uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you all uh, who knew him. And um, I'm just gonna hug my kids a little bit tighter tonight. Yeah, well said, Ralph. That's a great call, right there. You got it, Ralph. It's just like a Waddle just is riffing about uh, JD's. Uh, what is it? Your special, his special stuff, his special nuggets in his. Yeah, we, his nuggets, nuggets in his special. Sauce. I mean, do we even? I don't even know. Like I'm, you're I mixed on that. playing that. You know, I mean, do we play? I, I always love that. I was just, I, I forget. I, Sylvie, you were reminding me of this oh, oh, just a little bit ago. Like we were, were we in in Joe's. Like we were just back there talking or something, and we just started. I started singing like an idiot, like, and then it became JD's theme song. Right, right. <laughs> and that's how you came up with the the holiday parody song contest too. I forgot about, about that Matt as well. For, Matt Forte rushing the football. That's how goofy Waddle is. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't even remember that the holiday parody song contest was a direct result of me just being a dumbass in there. <laughs> Humming insane of football course. words to a Christmas song. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna break our heart, but I think we should play it, don't you? Yes, I mean, of course. Do you, yeah. you, Eric? Do you have that? Can you get JD's theme? Oh, here's Waddle. This and I always it always bugged the hell out of me. I never knew what the hell he was saying. Man, we wouldn't get like a new intro for JD. Like yeah. JD has been busting JD his loved ass. It. JD he, loved it, and, and that's the reason why we kept it only yeah. because JD wanted it that way. <laughs> Jenny, you are the bomb. We really like all your nuggets and your special stuff. Huh? And I just think that, like, I did. We used to just bring him on with the Bears fight song, and then one day I probably was drinking, yes, and yes. I just started singing it. <laughs> And then, like, next thing you know, hey, JD, how are you today? And he's like, what the hell was that? We loved it. That that theme, like, that theme is so synonymous, I think. Like, it's like like the Ferdell theme. I mean, you just, you knew what you were about to get into. I knew when I heard that, okay, it's time for JD's hit with Waddle and Sylvie. I don't think, Sylvie, honestly... I don't think we should ever be afraid of playing that. I don't. Really? I think it's so much a part of, like, your show, the station, J.D.'s relationship with us, um, what he did. Like, I'm telling you. It, and it, and it, 
it's one of those weird little things that for I don't know how many years you guys played it, and it would always make me chuckle a little. And bit. Waddle's not even smooth always. in the way he no, delivers no. it. He I stumbled no, like in the beginning. <laughs> it, about, it, it wasn't G- planned. You are the bomb. I think you wanted think, to say, JD, you are the bomb, but you kind of stumbled <laughs> yeah, getting into. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> One more time, uh, Eric. Here we go. Jenny, you are the bomb. We really like all your nuggets and your special stuff. Huh? Because remember, also, and that's that's Tommy Lasorda at the end, right? Isn't yes, it? it is. And and it is. Like, it's Lasorda all confused at the end. Yes. I, I mean, I think we played forever to honor JD. Of course, be you have to. Be- because like Sylvie, to. at the end of every interview, would be like, "What do you got? Any nuggets for us, right. JD?" Yeah. Yes, any nuggets. Any nuggets. Nuggets and special stuff. Special stuff. I, listen, I was, I'm not musically inclined. I was just going on a, you know, was out on a limb there for a while. It's, it's what, Classic. It's, it's what makes you you, you yeah. know? I got to say, great. like, you know, from a, and it's not, I know it's not time to be selfish here. Um, and tomorrow we'll continue to do all of this. But, like, I, I needed this. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I, I cried when I talked to JD after I talked to him a couple Thursdays ago, and I kind of realized that this was it was heading in the wrong direction, and it kind of I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't realize the depths of of where it was headed. Um, and my wife walked into the room, and I had him on speakerphone. It was right after I'd done a show here at the house, and she was like, "Who was that?" I said, "That's that was JD," and she's like, "I couldn't even recognize his voice," and. Like we sat in here and basically cried for thirty minutes because you, you kind of knew, without really knowing where this was hap- where it was headed, and then I hadn't, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing you guys and visiting with JD the, the Friday, Christmas Eve day, and I really haven't allowed any of it to kind of get to me, and you know, earlier today it kind of, oh you know, yeah, when we first came on it just it. It kind of yeah. killed me, and and but like the last couple of hours, and and just hanging with you guys and talking through it has has been kind of a cathartic moment. So um, even JD, when he's not here, making us all feel better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, and and that's that's him, right? Well, like you said, Tom, he he would be so aggravated when oh, you yeah. heard the beginning when you, yeah. when you first came on, and we were yeah. weeping, and he I mean, he would have said, "Crap!" Oh, sure he would have. Yeah, sure he would have. And, um, yeah, you, you want to remember all the great times because, you know, that's that's how we'll always remember him. Yeah. yeah. So. And, Fred, you're yeah. super strong to have you here and yes. everything that you've gone through. I know it's not easy. I looked at you in the beginning and, you yeah. know, and you, you were a class with me. I know how, how much you've helped so many other people. So thank you for being here and talking to us about J.D. and, I, I gotta, and things that you've been through. Are we done at eight? Because yes. I got a really quick story. Sure, thirty seconds, I think. Uh, at at the last Super Bowl party where I, I uh, Tommy's last Super Bowl party where I had my Niner stuff on, and he told me that the Niners are about to win in the third quarter. Thanks, Tommy. Um, <laughs> so I, I go over to JD because my wife had been gone about three months, and I said, "Listen, I said I know this is a weird question." I said, "But how do you know like when it's time to like start dating or seeing other people?" Because Caitlin had passed away in February of that year, and he goes, "You know," he goes, "You'll just know." He goes, it'll fit. here I am, 20 years older than him, asking him, 
asking yeah. him about this advice. stuff. And I'm right. I'm looking for advice. I go, what? How do you? How do you manage all this stuff? And you know, he had Parker at home, so he had other things going on. I wasn't. I was home by myself. And um, yeah. And I should always I've, ask JD anything. I did. Yeah, I did. You and could, I've eventually you could ask him anything. Yeah, I've eventually found someone. So now I'm I'm good. But I remember. I always remember him telling me, "You'll know." It'll just yeah. happen, yeah. and it's that's a good thing. You were always one of the first to arrive at uh, Waddle's. Yes, yes. you and Joe McCardle are and there early. Me and Gian Greco, uh, me and Gian Greco yeah. one time, we pulled up and we we go, where the hell is everybody? We walked <laughs> in, there were like six people there. <laughs> well, guess what? This year it's on again. Good, and um, there obviously there we'll all be thinking of of one person, yeah. but we'll get together again. Yeah. And, and we'll and celebrate all, the way that we do. And all day tomorrow we'll be here yes. talking about it. Yes. So, so, yeah. Yeah, yep. and, and, and yes, you know, uh, we, we encourage you to share your stories about J.D. That's our brother. Um, that's our guy. Um, that's our hero, as I keep saying. Like, I look up to him more now and then just every year that I knew him more and more all the time. He always mm-hmm. had his stuff together. You know what I mean? Yep. Always yeah. had his crap together. And even even to the end, and and we'll you'll hear from everyone at the radio station. Thank you for letting us just just talk. You know, we and, all and, needed it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, we just at the end of the show at six, we just went two hours. We could go ten more hours talking about JD and and cheering all the moments. So, what are, I think we're going to join a bowl game in progress. Um, and and we're just thinking about you, JD, and we'll think about you forever. Love we're going to take care of Parker. Yeah, we uh, we love you, JD. Love you guys. Thank you for for being you here, for brothers. See you, see you in the morning, guys.